We watched 60 movies for the 80th edition of the Biellane, the Venice Film Festival of 2023. And we are going to go over every single film and tell you if it's worth putting it on your watch list. So welcome back to the Quiet Unsaid podcast. This week, I'm joined by Kevin instead of my usual co-host, Lachlan, uh, because he attended the festival together uh, with me. So hi, Kevin. Kevin, uh, Welcome. Hi. And uh, to not waste any time, because there's so, so, so many movies to talk about, we are going to uh, jump straight into our by far most extensive festival coverage. We are professional. This is, this is a professional podcast. Yes. Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Hello there. <laughs> Which actually, Did you this get is going to be a as bit... well? Um, yes. So I've got Dune Cam. <laughs> it's just a camera <laughs> with my Dune steelbook. We'll kick it off uh, just to give you an overview of how this episode is going to play out uh, with our personal top five of uh, the both 50 plus movie each of us watched uh, to give you a showcase of what's the best uh, this festival had to show in our opinion. And then we'll go through all of the main four categories that is the main competition of Venice out of competition, Horizonte, which is their Horizons um, section. And then there's also Horizonte Extra. So... Uh, lots to be talking about uh, and to not overblow this already supersized episode already. I mean, you can check right now how long it is. We don't know yet how long this is going to take. Uh, we are not going to get to talk about every movie extensively. Hopefully, we'll get to do that in future episodes. We might even post some extra reviews for them. But here, you'll just get, like, get a short description of what the movie is. And generally, if we felt good about it or bad about it, was it good, was it bad? That's essentially it. So this is like a watch list collector uh, to kind of see what's worth uh, checking out for the rest of the year uh, and even bleeding into 2024. So Kevin, uh, let's kick it off straight away. Can you share uh, some of the movies from your top five from the bottom up? Uh, my top five, my number five is Memory, a movie mm. we watched on the very last day because we weren't... We, like, we thought, hey, they're not going to be great movies anymore on the last few days. But this one yeah. stood out, and it made the top five. Mm -hmm. At number four is Bastarden, a movie we saw at the little beginning of the film festival and still stood in the top five throughout the whole duration of the festival. My number three is Eva DuVernay's Origin, a movie that is very academically heavy, but mm -hmm. is still amazing. The second one is probably the movies, I mean... Both uh, the two and the first movie in my top five are the movies that got the hardest laughs of all the <laughs> film festival. It's Hitman, mm -hmm. and at number one, it's Poor Things. Both movies are very original in its uh, setup, are very yeah. funny in its setup, and are just uh, actually very, very good films. And they'll probably be my top five of 2023, uh, too, if I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. that's, that's my top five. What about yours? Uh, well, <laughs> I have to say movies apart from one uh, in your top five. So we can kind of see that on a lot of stuff, we do agree. There's, there's a couple of movies that we strongly disagree on. We'll get into that a bit later. Uh, but my number five uh, is uh, Bastarden, the number four on your list. The Promised Land, a amazing um, period piece with Mads Mikkelsen at the center of it all. Uh, a, a feudal feud between... Um, like the aristocracy and someone coming up through uh, the military ranks. Great film all around. Uh, really was having high expectations for it and it delivered. 
Uh, then the new uh, Rizuchi Hamaguchi film. Uh, wait, did I say? I think I said his name wrong. What's his name? Yeah, no, it's Hamaguchi. Hamaguchi. Ryozuki, uh, sorry. Uh, Hamaguchi, evil does not exist. Um, I was a bit let down by what I was hoping for the movie and what the movie was doing for pretty much its entire runtime uh, in its conclusion. But still, it was very strong. And I'm like, maybe I just didn't get it. It did have its problems, unfortunately, but it, it's still up there for me. So it's my number four. Uh, then same as you, Memory also makes my uh, even top three, uh, just really strong movie about um, memory. You know, <laughs> the title <laughs> says it all. Uh, I think it doesn't just... Uh, constrain itself to one simple thing being about like sickness or whatever it's it's about the whole thing the whole experience of what memory means in in our lives and it does it beautifully amazing performances uh lead actually peter sasgard uh got like an award for it as well well deserved and then my last two are poor things and hitman for the same reasons that kevin just said uh they were the most fun i've had in a long time in a theater just being in a in a full theater with people just like laughing uh really being in for the film made this uh an amazing experience so uh yeah those are uh are both of our top fives i believe um you wrote down a bunch of honorable mentions as well do you want to uh quickly oh, share yeah. those too uh, my honorable mentions so like the rest of them my list is holly dog man evil does not exist is also on there Came Mutiny, Court Martial, Rest in Peace, Friedkin, and Lance Reddick. I loved you guys in that movie. Uh, Tatami, Holy Cage, or Shadow of Fire, also known. Ryuchi, Sakamoto, Opus, uh, it's also in my honorable mentions. Mm -hmm. The Killer, and Maestro. Those Sweet, are my yeah. honorable mentions. Yeah. Apart from, from Dogman, <laughs> I would say all of these are deserving to be on my honorable mentions as well as uh, a lot of overlap we had we agreed on on what uh, the best was there if you want to check out our full lists uh kevin did spoiler alert watch i think two or three movies more than me uh you can find our full ranked list link below and while you're there uh consider leaving us a rating on spotify on apple podcast helps us out a lot and it helps us actually get into these festivals helps us uh to get screeners if we reach out for those so ultimately we just get to cover more movies for these recaps and for the show overall so it would be great appreciate it and on youtube of course you know what the deal is just like and subscribe and do, do all help of that us. stuff help us please <laughs> please <laughs> we're desperate <laughs> but no uh yeah uh, before we go over all of the categories we can have a quick look at uh the awards what was actually awarded in the main competition here and then i just wanted to note something that uh i noticed and i, f I forgot to tally it up again but um some ongoing theme that we noticed early on if the, on the fest, in the festival was that there was a ton of movies uh, in black and white uh partly black and white like maestro that kind of transitions into black and white or just uh straight up black and white movies all the way I believe through. like one fifth one fifth of the movies were in black and white <laughs> that, that is fifth. such a big amount right for for a festival in True. 2023 uh, were there any other like themes um, that that you noticed running through the festival? I mean, I think we watch like a lot of sex scenes every day. Like that's also the right. thing. Like every day yeah. it was like a sex scene, and you're just there was like, at least I, there was at least we're one. doing it again. <laughs> As <laughs> like, you're about to fall asleep, yeah, there's, there's something that wakes you up again. But like Peter. one one day of the five, like of the five or six movies you watched, there were four. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Like, I was wow, to, yeah, yeah. really was having it? up the sex scenes today. I mean, but I, just I don't mind. Things. I don't mind. I feel like four things is, is enough for like seven movies yeah, worth of sex true. scenes. 
but yeah, that's actually what well, speaking of it, it was the one that won the biggest prize, the Golden Lion. Um, the second runner-up prize went to Evil Does Not Exist. Uh, the Silver Lion for Best Director went to uh, Matteo Garon. Uh, for Io Capitano, um, the lead actor from that film also got the prize for young actor Sedusar. Uh, then uh, the best actress prize went to Kaylee uh, Spani, <laughs> butchering anemia. She was the lead in Priscilla, portraying Priscilla. Uh, the Volpe Award for best actor went to Peter uh, Sarsgaard in Memory, and then screenplay went to El Conde. Finally, the third prize went to Green Border. So we're going to talk about these films uh, right now, and then at the end of it, we'll also share what we would have picked, maybe our awards set. Uh, go also beyond just this category, just for the film overall, before we um, get into the other three uh, categories here. But, um, okay, lots to talk about. Let's, uh, let's get into it. Uh, Venice Film Festival recap, bisection, uh, Venezia 80, the competition, 24 movies overall. And with one of the first movies we watched at the festival, Bastarden, also known as The Promised Land with so far, a really bad poster, I gotta say. Uh, an amazing movie, though. Uh, definitely worth putting it on your watch list, right, Kevin? Um, anything else we wanna wanna say about Bastarden? Other than I I think Bastarden. I think Bastarden is probably the closest we'll get to an actual European wild wild west western, if yeah. you uh, know what I mean, because mm -hmm. it's in around that same period, uh, and you got the vast land. Uh, the heat cannot be tamed. Uh, is how the movie starts, and the heat is actually a very beautiful sight, uh, cinematography-wise, uh, cinematography too. It gets, yeah. like, it's so beautiful. Uh, like, it makes me want to revisit uh, Denmark, uh, like, the actual countryside of Denmark, mm -hmm. I went there on vacation uh, this summer. So, uh, and again, Mads Mikkelsen, like, again, like, the Danish film, uh, again, like, year and year deliver, and this year is, again, no exception. Matt Mikkelsen is really, really good uh, at the lead. He goes through mm -hmm. all the emotions. Also, uh, I believe... Oh, shit, my camera died. Oh, yeah, the camera no! just died. All right. <laughs> I, I had to change my camera real quick, so no problem. Uh, where was I? Matt Mikkelsen? Yeah, all right. Uh, again, great movie. Uh, yep. let's go let's go to the next one <laughs> <laughs> let's go to dogman where you have more to say about it than me because i uh didn't like it that's the Lu, uh, luc besson film um and i thought it was very campy i just didn't like it but you quite liked it so maybe you can say a bit I, more about it I, I quite liked it a lot actually like uh the way i described it it is uh, like sam raimi's dark man but it's without like Sam Raimi's cookiness and more with huh. uh, Luc Besson's like crime expertise, and it's like uh, with dogs, which I'm a, I'm I'm a more of a, a dog man. You are more of a cat man. Listen, as, uh, I literally got a, a cat yeah. behind me that I can reveal. Um, I'm if it's a cat man, maybe I'm in, but uh, yeah, well, I don't know. yeah, I think I think that's why I also love the movie quite a bit because I love dogs. Right. Like mm. there was a Belgian Malinois in. Uh, the movie which is the best dark breed of all time uh, -huh. uh and uh, they were like also like Cal caleb landy jones like you can say the movie's bad but caleb landy jones in that movie is great right i i i, I guess he is i was just like so not in for what the movie was going for that i could even discredit him in, in what he's doing there because i i don't know i i w wasn't vibing with it but it, it's like it's a Luc Besson type of dark 
like superhero story in parts as well. Maybe in the most, most odd house way you can do that. Um, uh, yeah, I just I just wasn't vibing with it, but maybe I'm a bad vibe and you'll vibe with it more. So nah, I'm I'm not, the, yeah, I, I talked to some people who also really like Darkman at the film festival. So you could be in the minority. I don't know what yeah. the rating is or anything. Uh, but yeah, really, really like Darkman. Uh, I recommend it. Like if you want something that's a bit like superhero, but like it's on low scale, Calaplane and Jones gives a great performance, some musical performances as well. Yeah. Uh, and just like the overall uh, energy you had, because like the, the movie is a bit of a flashback and like it cuts back to that. I also really, really love when a movie is a bit more complicated than just being straight surface, which most superhero movies are these days. So that's mm -hmm. why. I yeah, really like the, Man. Really the flashback thing was the thing I liked the least about it. <laughs> so yeah, we well, just completely disagree on this. So if, if if you if you don't want anything complicated, then we don't watch the movie like you and it's 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 not it's not complicated. It's just very campy and like very cliche cliched and over the top. But it, it doesn't matter. The, the next movie here, uh, La Bête the Beast, was one that that I unfortunately missed. So, uh, yeah, Kevin, can you tell us about it? Did you miss it? I didn't know that. No. <laughs> he kept reminding me of it daily, at least daily, of the stuff I missed that he had seen. So. Um, La Bad, uh I gave it like a 7 out of 10. Uh, mm. It's basically like a love story. Like the movies, um, like really, it's, it's kind of like a movie, like don't wait too long for like your love. But like it played yeah. out over uh, different centuries. Um, it has, uh, I believe, oh God, I, I need to uh, look up the actors real quick. Is that layers to do in it and mm -hmm. the guy from 1917 again george mckay in it my favorite part of uh la bad was when um <laughs> was when <laughs> george mckay like i need to laugh when thinking about it like george mckay is at some point he's like a vlogger like a youtuber mm -hmm. but like a really like kind of andrew tate type of vlog like i'm oh, magnificent okay. like women don't want me like I'm like I'm 30 and like I'm a virgin. It's like it was, it, it played it so well. Like that was like one of my favorite segments. Like outside mm -hmm. of Hitman, uh, like one thing in Commandante and like poor things. Like that's one of my favorite scenes of the film festival. It's like George McKay absolutely hamming it up. Yeah. Uh, and like yeah, like again, like bad goes to like different centuries. You got 17th century, you got mm. um 20th century, and you got like the future even. Uh, so yeah, really. Uh, I, it, originally, it's uh, really creative, but I mm. don't think the story will vibe with most people because it's quite slow. It's also quite a long movie, I believe, like two hours uh, 20 mm. or something. Yeah, like one hour, twenty, uh, two hours 20. So if you want something to watch, like really good performances and you want to um, watch something creative, then go see it. But if you like, if you don't want to sacrifice much time of your time, then uh, maybe watch it at home where you can skip or pause. That's my recommendation. It certainly is on my watch list and it's it's probably like the biggest one that I actually wanted to see that I missed. But yeah, next up we have Out of Season or Saison uh, with, uh, yeah, Alba Urwacher, who was like one of the, I think, most well-known Italian actresses working today. And uh, it's like this this romance, romance about a, an actor guy who... Uh, just quit a play and he's staying at this hotel um, and kind of rekindles the connection with someone he was romantically invo involved with before he got famous. And it's very like conversational. 
uh, based where they kind of rework their relationship um, in the present day. Um, and this was also like one that we saw on the last day and we were like blown away by first seeing um, memory. First, yeah. And then going to out of season and it was like, damn, uh, this movie has, has uh, this Vespa still has some, <laughs> some gas Bangers. left. Right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, re- a quite strong movie. I would definitely recommend it. Uh, Kevin, would you yeah, second that? I, or? I think, I think like our season is like a, a, a good movie, a really good movie, but with some great segments. Like, mm-hmm. like if, if it kept up those great segments, it would probably been have been like a four and a half. And yeah. like even been in the top 10 for me, like it's that close to being great, but there's just like some things, some repetitive threats, uh, dare I say, um, yeah. that just keep this movie from being great for me. But uh, like even uh, Gio, Guillaume uh, Canet, who plays like the actor in the movie, uh, is like great. There are also like a little bit of funny scenes because he's a famous actor, so people will ask him like <laughs> yeah. selfies at the most random of places. So uh, that part is also very fun to watch. I, uh, yeah, I yeah. think it has the funniest. Uh, what there were a lot of really funny moments at at, at this festival. Like it, it really showcased that comedy is still alive within the drama. Um, yeah. In in cinema, uh, but there's like a bit with a coffee machine. That had everyone like howling. It was so funny. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it, like it's. I think like that whole bit, um, which I, I, I don't know. It, it's just like I don't, I don't really want to spoil it, but it's like what is that to spoil? But like the the simplicity of the whole whole thing um, is kind of where it shines. But it's also its downfall, as you said, because it feels at parts repetitive. Uh, but it's got like really strong editing which I wasn't expecting from sure. someone that's so conversational and kind of locked into a specific time and space. Uh, but but yeah, overall, warm recommendation for uh, Out of Season. Um, and then the next one here is uh, Enea. A film that, I didn't watch this one. No! That he didn't You're catch, right. as you, you might be able to tell by his exclamations. Uh, it's from uh, Pietro uh, Castellito, who's also the lead actor in the film. I think it's fine. It's like one of those movies that is clearly an actor trying to do it all in like the one movie, like the Fellini style of just going crazy and having a bunch of abstract things in there, like over the top. Not everything is kind of making sense. There's a ton of ideas that uh, work with each other, that clash against uh, another and it's just kind of all right. I think it was just um, a bit of a drag to me at parts and I wasn't really feeling it for a bunch of it, which was unfortunately common through line with all of the Italian picks at this festival. Um, I, I was just going to mention it like this is the first Italian movie we're talking about. Be prepared, oh guys. <laughs> I, I kept I kept shitting on Italian movies and I'm sorry because this, this festival is in Italy, but some of the stuff was just like... It was so much weaker than the rest of the festival uh, and some of the like common Italian tropes really got on my nerves by like day right. two already. Or like we watched a really bad uh, Italian movie on the first day, like our second movie, I think, of the festivals. So I was yeah. like, already in a sour mood going in. But um, th- this one's fine. This one's really creative. I wouldn't say I recommend you go. You, you have to see it or, or go see it. Uh, but it's not I mean, a must see. It's not, not a must see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I keep cutting you off. Uh, anyways, uh, the, uh, <laughs> one of the most anticipated 
uh, ones was the sophomore uh, directorial feature of the one and only Bradley Cooper with Maestro, where he plays uh, the lead um, here as well, uh, portraying uh, uh, yeah, Leonard uh, Bernstein in this uh, biopic movie alongside Carey Mulligan as his wife. And there's also uh, Maya Hawke as his uh, oldest daughter. I, I, I think this one was pretty good. It didn't blow me away. I think it was conventional in a bunch of ways. It was visually probably one of the more interesting films uh, of the festival. It's one of the ones that like transitioned from black and white. Uh, Kevin, what did you make of it? Uh, well, like I... Like I said, like uh, Bradley Cooper's sophomore film uh, shows, like it, like it shows he's improved his filmmaking ca capabilities. Um, mm. But I do think this uh, the story struggles to often keep up with his improved uh, technical capabilities uh, yeah. because, like in the first act, like he really shows off like this. Uh, just great craftsmanship, like showmanship uh, mm. in the first act, and then it gets lost a bit to the second and third act when it starts to turn into a bit of a more conventional movie. Like uh, yeah. there's a cancer storyline there, uh, you know, like, and then it kind of gets a bit cliche. Uh, I also don't know much about Leonard Bernstein uh, specifically. So yeah. I don't know how much it says about him as an artist. Like the only thing I know is like, he was the teacher of uh, Lydia Tarr because everyone keeps talking about that. Um, but, like, again, really good. Uh, also, Carrie Mulligan, really, really good in that movie. Uh, yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't be against the fact if she even got nominated or anything, because this is quite an Oscar-heavy type movie. Like, you, you yeah. get that feeling of, like, oh, this is one is really trying to go for it. Uh, it's but... even her on the poster as well. Like, it's, it's one of those movies um, similar to, like, the other way around, uh, which we'll talk about in a second with actually the next one we can bleed this over with Priscilla which is called Priscilla because it is about Priscilla and Elvis is in the background I feel like this is equally about the woman in the life of Leonard Bernstein but it's just called Maestro and it's technically about him but it's just as much about her in, in this and yeah uh, yeah I think she gets also, more yeah she gets more moments to kind of shine in in like those Oscar worthy scenes in a way also, uh, the whole controversy about the nose, that's like... <laughs> it's no nothing. <laughs> nothing. I didn't There's notice nothing. it once. The makeup is actually incredible when they aged him up. It, it, yeah. it is really well done. And what you mentioned with like the creativity kind of dwindling down in the second half, uh, I noticed because like, you know, Spielberg um, was attached to this before Bradley Cooper took over. I feel like a lot of like the sweeping camera motions are very Spielberg-esque. Uh, there's a bunch of that uh, constantly moving camera uh, in in parts, and then it it does let down, uh, does does kind of um, slow down. down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, the, yeah no, the nose, the nose is the nose is purely there because of one picture that got released of it, and then everyone yeah. starts uh, going on about it. But also, Scorsese produced uh, Maestro as well with Steven Spielberg, yeah. so that's like what that's a what a powerhouse, <laughs> what a powerhouse indeed. Producer, yeah. yeah, credit. That's crazy. But you did mention Priscilla, which also uh, mm. has really great makeup because the lead actress is, yep. I believe, twenty six years old, and like she starts at fourteen. <laughs> like I think my, this uh, Priscilla might have so far be my favorite makeup uh of the whole year because 
um, like it's really subtle mm -hmm. and compared with Spaney's acting, like it truly elevates her performance to like a level I didn't think capable before going into the movie because mm -hmm. I did see her once in uh, Bad Times at El Royale and like in Pacific Rim Uprising or like how the second, how the second movie is called. But she's really the star of Priscilla. Uh, yeah. The only thing, uh, Jacob Alloyd is Elvis Presley. And it does kind of, you know, like having seen Elvis last year, it's like, uh, like it's a bit of a different performance. Like you do have to kind of rewire your brain. Like I'm, I'm, I'm seeing Jacob Alloyd. I'm not trying to see, um, you know, Elvis, uh, no, uh, Austin Butler. Yeah, um, I, I, th I think he works better as this figurehead of Elvis, as this idealized version that's like the whole time because she's such a young girl, a girl like 14 when they first meet and like 17 when they start like dating um, is, uh, you know, it, it works for me to not really want to see the most accurate Elvis portrayal. But for me, like the the kind of uh, blind love that she has for him um, does make more sense with like this idealized version of, of Elvis with Jacob Bellordi, who uh, might I say looks... Mighty fine. Um, and also tall as know. hell. <laughs> he, he is so tall. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I feel like this this is very strong. It actually ranks like number six in my overall ranking. I know it's it's not as high for you. Yeah, but... it's, it's lower on mine, and that's due to the because like it again like it is a very very good movie. Like it's uh very small, but I also feel uh like a lot of it gets lost because of the restrictions. Uh, this movie had to get made in because the right. Elvis estate didn't approve of this movie. This movie was purely done by Sofia Coppola and uh, Priscilla Presley was also there uh, at Venice. Yeah. And so like they couldn't use the music of Elvis, which by the way, the soundtrack is really, really good mm. uh, considering uh, like the, that also uh, had like a, a limited playground uh, to make this movie in. But yeah, like the story definitely get, did get restricted by the amount of things they could have said but they do try to say things subtly uh so yeah very good movie. yeah i, I think Just... what i really appreciate because i i was always going in with the like not regarding the complications that came behind the scenes um where like sofia coppola i think where, where she shines is giving us an unapologetic view of con like something controversial with this like age gap uh, relationship through the lens of the person in it, who's the one who later on you could view as as like someone who was mistreated or like this was this was bad for them. And um, it like doesn't, she, she doesn't uh, arrive at the conclusions with the, uh, like the, the audiences has straight from the get go with the character straight away. Um, and I really appreciate that because it like, it, it kind of goes through the motions really naturally um and it's a slow movie it's 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 a tender movie and um yeah i think it's 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 very strong uh very, very strong maybe like a bit of a weak ending but v again like tender as you said yeah, yeah. right love me tender uh <laughs> can't stop falling in love with you says by and <laughs> then elvis song. I, I don't listen to elvis ever but uh yeah the, the next movie um okay so the next movie uh, must have been um a tax, uh, tax write-off. We we talked about this a couple times. We did say that. Um, <laughs> it, it was so strange. Uh, finally dawned in English. Uh, Finalmente l'alba. Uh, with um, a basically blank ca canvas uh, 
title character that is Italian. Um, there's a production that's going on in Rome um, in the 1950s, and uh, she just gets thrown into this this weird weird world uh, of of movie making that she's not a part of. Again, uh, like in AI mentioning Fellini here, because like I feel like there's there's one scene at like a table that is very like eight and a half esque. Uh, with how weird it gets and the places it goes. It, it doesn't ever go weird enough for me to, to care that it is weird, if that makes sense. Uh, there's a bunch of like actors that you'll know in this. Uh, again, Abba Rohrwacher, um, Joey Keery, uh, Rachel Sennett, Willem Dafoe, um, really <laughs> just being someone um, who she confides in, um, she talks to, but he, he he's great. And then also my... Uh, I'm I'm always apologetic for Lily James, even if she's not in a good movie, and here she's not in a good movie. Um, it's it's just it's just a bit of a mess. I don't know what this movie was trying to go for. I didn't get it. It was just a bit of a drag, and it's also 140 minutes long. So uh, yeah, Kevin. Yeah, I, I I mean I did call it a C tier uh, Babylon uh, ripoff because like it is that very is much well, based yes. on. On Babylon, like specifically, like the first act of Babylon, like it's like the director, the producer, or the writers even like yeah. looked at Babylon, and were like, we should turn this part into a two-hour and twenty-minute movie. Was it? Hell wait, yeah, we're it, gonna do that. Yeah, was yeah. it you who told me that? Like, uh, that you were anxious. I was anxious by the end as well because Damien Giselle was the uh, head of the. Uh, competition jury that like yeah. something would go to this movie because Babylon got shit on and poor things maybe like he votes against it because Emma Stone turned down Babylon uh, and Margot Robbie <laughs> got it <laughs> which is a really funny thought but no this ended up not getting anything because it does, no, doesn't deserve anything God. this movie is a solid skip it uh, no need to see this one um, but the like, Italian like even Joe Keery in this movie written off. like even Joe Keery in this movie is like it's so weird to see him like at this suave guy especially after seeing him like in strange things like he's yeah. too young to be <laughs> well he also his character suave. flip-flops around to basically be nothing like he, he yeah. is one thing in this one thing to the lead character in this one scene and then he he go i don't know it's all over the place this movie doesn't really make sense the characters like no. jumped it then neurotic um and like it, it yeah. misses the energy like you know how babylon was cranked to 11 in terms of energy, like this movie is on like an energy of three, you know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it had my favorite ending, uh, which I don't want to spoil. But the movie, the, the ending was so incredibly funny because it was so bad. <laughs> it was it was the worst ending. And it, there's one movie that ranks at the very bottom of my entire list because it was such a dog dog shit movie. Uh, but this one still wins for like the worst ending. I'll just say it involves. <laughs> A fate to black and a lion, and <laughs> that's all I said. How much? How much did you give this movie? Uh, a two out of five. Uh, I give it a three. Like I think this was like mid, very well, uh, very uh, well lit movie though. I will say about that. That's the best thing about this movie. Like the the lightning is very very good. Yeah, like location wise and like uh like in terms of lightning and uh you know like mise en scène as you want to say like it was pretty decent. Like, mm. I, will, I will admit that. Like, I really admire that part of the movie. But that's everything about it, I like. Well, uh, Mr. Comandante, uh, what do you make of the opening film of the festival? The Commander. Well, um, the movie uh, is about, you know, an Italian commander who goes uh, out on a mission 
with the submarine crew uh, to basically like go to a specific part of the sea. I don't remember was it. The, I don't remember which part uh, they had to go to, but just to carry out missions to uh, exterminate potential enemy ships. Um, yeah. Wait, what's the? They they go through name? Malaga. They go through the bottom of Spain and then over the side of France. They ran into yeah. a boat that's from uh, that's that's Belgium. And that's essentially yeah. like if you read the logline. Unfortunately, this whole movie is spoiled because it is based on historic events. I didn't know that going in. Um, Me neither. So, so I liked it a bit more because I didn't read the logline. We ended up doing that for a bunch, and I feel like that's the best part about this festival experience. Which is also why I don't want to give away too much, other than maybe saying watch it or watch it, or don't watch it. Here, I'm kind of in between. I don't know if I can recommend this one to people if you're a history um, buff, then maybe. But other than that, I, I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, I, I did really like the Commandante because I, I called it the Sister Brothers of Submarine Movies because it does highlight some uh, things. Like, it isn't focused on, like, the claustrophobia of a submarine, yeah. uh, which I really, like, I thought that was a, a fresh uh, breath of air. The hell is uh, Breath of fresh know. air, yeah. Yeah, uh, that. Because, like, it does focus on other parts of the submarine life. Um, it also got one of the loudest laughs uh, of the festival and <laughs> one scene in particular which as a belgian i'm really pleased by um mm -hmm. but also uh pierre francesco uh savino i believe is the lead guy is always uh oh favino uh is always like a guy i can watch like he, his presence is really really good in this movie yeah uh, and basically everything he does uh really uh but i really liked it uh, i gave it a four out of five you gave wow. it a three yeah yeah, yeah I, I really like this movie the it's Sister just, Brothers of yeah. Submarine movies. Like, if you like Sister Brothers and like the things it focused on, uh, well, you you'll you'll like Commandante, I believe. Yeah. Uh, also, I attended earlier this year the Gun Film Festival. There were a couple of movies that were four hours long, a couple of three and a half hour long movies, and uh, Venice was was considerably shorter. There was maybe a few that were like 140 minutes, maybe the occasional two and a half hour long movie. But there's one movie that was three hours long, and that's uh, one that you checked out. Unfortunately, yeah. Swiss co-production, so so I, I missed out on that one uh, because <laughs> I, I did end up getting. Uh, we, we're not gonna get into maybe stories. Uh, we'll, we'll share some stories at the very end of our coverage here. But uh, I did get sick halfway through the festival, and I did have to skip out on the three hour long movie, um, and that was Lubo. Uh, so can you tell us a bit more about Lubo? Uh, yeah, Lubo. Uh, look, Franz Rogowski is like an actor, again, very much like the lead in Commandante. If he's in a movie, I will watch him. Like, he's that good. Uh, he's that consistent in his work. Uh, is Lubo consistent? Not very much as a story. It's very, uh, you know, it's a very specific type of uh, historical movie. It talks about um, the loss of children during World War II, how they got uh, shuffled around in orphanages uh, due to soldiers being away, so their families got torn apart. Um, and it is, uh, you know, like it's a typical historical movie. It ends with, uh, you know, the typical end credits. Uh, hey, this is this is where the story is based on this many children got like, you know, that type of uh, movie. But that said, uh, production wise, again, very consistent, um, but nothing really stood out. So it's like it's a very six, seven out of ten movie that is just decent. It talks about an important uh, subject during the uh, World War Two that maybe not doesn't get highlighted uh, much. 
but it also does nothing really to be my brain because I don't really remember that much. It also drags a bit uh, on Fran Trugowski's personal uh, storyline towards the end where the, like, the main message gets lost uh, right. a bit in the middle, basically. Uh, but again, if you want to watch uh, a movie about the topic of this uh, story, then go see it. And like it's, you can show this movie in class, you know, mm. like, and that's it. That kind of ties us over to the next movie that is based on an actual, uh, well, a book, but also a paper and a, a study uh, on the book. A thesis. Cast the, the Origins, a thesis, yeah. Cast the Origins of Our Discontents. It's the latest Eva DuVernay um, movie about uh, basically diving into racism and um, maybe uh, figuring out where its places in the worldwide scape where like the the um, oppressionistic thing is is kind of more systemic and not based in race but maybe in status and and like rank through caste and uh the paper basically connects that to uh the second world war the holocaust uh the caste system in india and then um the this uh, like slave trade and and racism in uh the states um and it's like very academic in its approach because it's like adapting this thesis into a movie basically giving a uh autobiographical story to the author of this book and with that it like there's a lot of like meaty stuff that gets discussed discussed the dialogue is really heavy but then it also tries to convey uh it uh, which which is also a central theme of the film uh to the the, the the everyday person right to get an understanding of what she's going for uh, with this idea and I think it does it really well right we quite enjoyed this one uh, both of us yeah uh, I, I a bit more than Ewan because just uh, you know like I, I like I finished studying this year like I wrote a thesis and like just the thought of trying to oh my adapt God, relatable <laughs> <laughs> well somebody like, adapt my paper my final paper i'm not i'm not no but like <laughs> just you know the thought of adapting like such a literature uh and like because you know like it isn't like a conventional story type of mm. uh of um source uh i will say uh it's very much academic heavy so that, like trying to adapt something like that i think this is the best uh job you could have done really origin uh for anyone who wants to see a lot of jean jean Berntal because he's on the poster you'll be a bit disappointed like i was i was like oh finally he's in the lead role let's go and then he's, yeah, not. he's, um, not, he's not so i was a bit disappointed in, movie, in that but again i want to praise ingenua alice taylor because she's yeah. a freaking amazing in this movie she's i mean great, yeah Wow, what a performance, because it is not easy to navigate this heavy of a subject, but somehow she embodies it. Uh, I'll be rooting for her. She's in my top five, definitely, uh, of Best Actresses uh, of 2023. She'll yeah. not get out of that top five. She's staying in there. I'm going to fight for her with mm -hmm. my whole heart, <laughs> my whole body. Uh, and Jennifer Ellis Taylor, like, you can pray for me, because, like... I feel like it's, it's similar in the same vein as Viola Davis was last year for The Woman King, that they give like something really strong here. Uh, a strong performance is going to be 
not really considered considered for most most awards although i i do agree like it's it's one of the strongest ones we've we've gotten all year if not the strongest uh so really great stuff in origin can recommend and i feel like uh jen uh Bernthal, he's essential for the story because essentially what david duvernay was it um it does is like it it makes it the center point of the whole thesis like their yeah their, their love which is also a really nice touch there's also never been any even a movie or production that hasn't made me cry uh this one as well it, it is very strong um and yeah i feel like there's just, just no one else like like her who, who does that who who uh like i don't know breaks down difficult topics and makes them really easy to understand and really emotional as well uh she she's she's just that type of filmmaker Duvernay nails it. As always. Similar to David Fincher, who rarely misses, if ever. Uh, and uh, Michael Fassbender is in a story about a hitman that actually does miss for the first time ever. And that's <laughs> uh, where kind of the story unfolds as a very precise killer with a method that, that he has to stuck to to um, maybe uh, fit into his worldview and his own like sanity when that kind of starts to break. Uh, maybe a tad bit, uh, and we get more of an interviewing of of his character. Uh, that that sentence doesn't really conclude anywhere, but like that's that's the story that we that we get in in the killer. It's based on a graphic novel. I read through it. Uh, there's quite a few differences other than the base character here, where it goes story wise. Other than like the initial like failed uh, hit attempt, um, and I gotta say this was my most anticipated of the festival. Uh, I was a bit let down because I was hoping for a bit more, but I feel like it was just managing expectations a bit. It's very solid. Uh, still, stylistically, there's a lot of stuff that Fincher does that's very typical for him. Uh, Fastbender, I think, is like really captivating to see. I don't know how many other people could portray this killer as successfully as he did uh, and still make it like enticing and engrossing to to watch. Um, but ultimately, like easy recommendation for anyone who, who even vaguely likes uh, Fincher. And I think you'll you'll agree with me, but I, I don't know if you ended up liking it a bit more than than I did. I, I, I uh, well, I missed the first ten minutes, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, yeah, that's story that, time. That, that's, that that said, uh, I'm really happy. Michael Fassbender is an actual good movie. Yeah. For like the last six years, basically, um, really happy. He got, he's got a good uh, he got a great performance on screen once again. Uh, I did call this a top-tier crime thriller, but it's not top-tier Fincher. Like, if you compare yeah. this movie to the rest of his filmography, it isn't as strong. Yeah, uh, yeah. Also, if you're expecting a lot of Tilda Swinton, uh, a lot of basically like other characters, you're not going to get that. It's solely focused on Michael Fassbender, but he does carry the movies on his shoulders uh, in a great uh, fashion. Mm. And... As an action guy, because I'm quite an action guy, there is one uh, action scene in The Killer, which is like a home invasion uh, oh, type yeah. uh, sort of situation, which I loved. Like every punch, every blow, you feel it. Like it's not like, you know, like typical ha ha. Like, no, nah, every punch, you can feel it. Like mm. it's, it, it is terrifying to watch because you're literally going to think, like, oh wow, yo, he's going down. Like, Damn, but mm -hmm. great, great scene with like a huge guy, which fucking huge man. Like you were talking about it too with me. Like, like so he big. might be one of the tallest guys I've ever seen. Like yeah. the biggest guys. So yeah, really great action scene. Uh, and yeah, just overall really great 
crime thriller she's not top tier fincher that's all i can say it's it's hard to to get all the way up there uh for one of his best films but um i feel like certainly uh like i said a recommendation there uh yeah next up um one that made your top five my top three memory uh film we caught on the last day of the festival uh a surprise hit with jessica chastain and peter sarsgaard uh in the lead performance Merritt weaver is also uh in it in a supporting role and uh i don't even want to say too much about this film because we knew nothing going in um but it's just like about two people connecting. They they both have uh, baggage, a lot of baggage, and they a kind lot. of <laughs> yeah. They they kind of uh, find something uh, that connects them through all of their hurt, and it's just like such. A, it's a it's a, an incredibly beautiful movie. Uh, it's very touching. Um, and I had no expectations going into it, and I ended up completely loving it. Uh, going out, so I, I I don't know. I'll just say like really warm recommendations for this one. I, I don't I don't know if you watched any of the director's work before this. Uh, uh, I think you saw check. one movie of Michelle Franco because I watched Sundown before the film festival. No, I didn't end uh, up catching to, anything. Yeah, to prepare for a film festival, I watched Sundown, which I loved because Tim Roth is like just a guy who just doesn't give a shit in that movie. Uh, but then you know, memory the ve- like the very first movie of the last day, and we were like, hopefully we'll. Get another good one and memory blew us both away it yeah. is a very like you you were saying like priscilla was tender now nah, i think this movie is the most tender movie of mm. the film festival like there were so many moments it could have gone big but it stayed small yeah uh and it's honestly like a devastating movie for this family really you're watching mm. uh so honestly great performance from jessica sustain uh stars guard in uh, supporting uh, he can totally get in there. I really loved his performance. Yeah, uh, yeah it's just really go watch the memory. Mm-hmm. Big recommendation. Uh, next up, a movie that uh, the jury quite liked. Uh, they gave it two awards for Young Actor and then also, I think, the second prize of the whole festival. Uh, Best which, director, yeah. Oh, director. Sorry, not the second prize, the yeah. director prize, uh, which had me a bit surprised. I, I do get it because uh, Io Capitano from Matteo Garon um, does span... Uh, basically a a huge space it it shows the whole journey of someone um making it uh to italy uh through from senegal i believe exactly from senegal uh which yeah you got that on the on the western side of of africa making it through like the desert um and a, a a ruthless journey but i didn't end up liking about it as much is the story of someone like it's a story about succeeding in a way in this showing the hardship along the way um but i felt like ultimately it was like this heroic story of someone making it uh, although it wasn't idealizing like this this journey and like that it's worth going through it's still at parts i never thought like our character wouldn't make it through Al- along the way there were like just so many moments where there, it was just he was he was done um so to me like i felt too much of the movie in it but i can see like that that that's like a dumbass thing to say but i uh so for me that like, that kind of knocked it down because I, I was i was always seeing kind of the fiction uh, like that bled into the reality um but i think you liked it quite a bit more than i did yeah i'm 
There seems to be a trend that I like. Uh, I like uh, some stuff movies a bit more less. Than <laughs> I I am a bit more critical. That's. But I wait, wasn't that's... this your favorite Italian movie of the film festival? <laughs> it was, and I was a three out of five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, sorry, Italians. I, I'm sorry. I really like. Uh, I really like the director's previous work, uh, Dogman. Uh, Me yeah, too. Uh, Dogman movie. I quite like Pinocchio. Um, but yeah, Matteo Garone really shows the journey well. Uh, you know, yeah. like the vast lands of the desert they have to go through, the hardships that come with it. I indeed agree, maybe the stakes aren't always that high because he, he never gets to like a real critical point. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, like a, a critical point where you truly feel like, oh shit, like he he's in a really bad shape, which I mean, he is at some point, but like not yeah, it's, that you think about... he can't get out of it. Yeah. Um, but I really do want to actually shout out uh, Sedou Sar, which is the lead of the movie, because I think he really played it well. He nah, like, yeah. has to go through, all, like, the range of emotions he had to go through in this journey, especially the ending shot, because, like, uh, he yells out the title multiple times. Uh, I thought it was really devastating to me. Uh, and also really liked the cinematography a lot, like, just... You know, like the the locations too, like the fact that he, uh, he has to stall at uh, some point in like a construction city, basically, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought also was like an interesting dynamic because there were also like a lot of different communities inside that just city yeah. that's being constructed uh, and has had a lot of uh, immigrant workers there just because they like it's a, a checkpoint almost, which I really thought was an interesting dynamic. Uh, really liked it. Not as much as uh, Dogman's, which I believe is Matteo Garone's previous uh, work. Really liked it. Uh, really recommend. Then next up, uh, the much anticipated uh, Oscar winning director, uh, Ryuzuki Hamaguchi, had his uh, new film playing at the festival. Uh, high expectations going in. Um, already said The theater was packed. The theater was packed for that one. What do you mean? The, the theater? The theater was packed for Hamaguchi. Oh, it was like, packed. Yeah, like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there were some movies where you can obviously, like, the interest is waning a bit. And this one was was packed. Everyone was was ready for this. Uh, well, although then I saw immediately after, it was like, people were packed because he won an Oscar, not because they had seen his previous work. Because <laughs> they were like, <laughs> oh, best movie to fall asleep. To do. There were so many, like, letterboxed uh, people, uh, like, obviously, because... <laughs> There's a bunch of people in Venice as well that are just like students that get in uh, mixed yeah. with industry and press, which is which is sometimes, you know, you see a ton of young people and you're like, what, what are you doing here? Which we, we can't really fault <laughs> because we also, I would say, consider still quite young when you look at the balding nature of the rest of the, the like uh, theater room. But uh, like a bunch of them then immediately go in letterbox. First of all, break the embargo <laughs> and then also say like fell asleep to number seven. And it's like, what are you doing at the festival? <laughs> Just I mean, if you have nothing to say, then basically, please say nothing. Uh, but this one did have a lot to say. Uh, it all like in typical uh, uh, Amaguchi style, it does it quite directly through conversation and uh, it takes its time. Uh, ultimately, like I said, where it arrives, I don't really see the theme of evil does not exist completely coming through. Uh, I definitely need a rewatch. I need some people who are smarter than me, maybe having some theories of what it meant, because uh, it did leave me a bit cold towards the end. But all of it leading up to it, which is essentially uh, this glamping uh, project being 
plucked into this um, really idyllic uh, little village that is working, which is something that's an ongoing problem with Japan is that everyone's moving to the cities and uh, these regions um, can't really survive uh, like on their hotels and all of that stuff. So in order to kind of revitalize it, a lot of productions are like done in hotels to to bring people back into, um, I guess, the, the, the smaller towns. But here it completely goes against um, the like having the, uh, the the nature of like everything that's working in this village, right? It's like harming them ultimately in the way that they are not really carefully doing that with a glamping project. Uh, and and uh, there's just like a ton of great moments, ton of great characters uh, that get to shine in here. Also, weirdly funny movie, I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, I think our it's favorite like line, funny. both our favorite line was uh, in this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> because like it is quite, uh, <laughs> you remember the moment. So funny. Uh, it, yeah. it was it was very very well timed. Yeah. Um, also, like a lot of gorgeous long takes. Like the movie basically starts with like I think maybe a three minute, two minute uh, long take even of mm. like the woods. Um, ah yeah. The only thing we both agreed on was the ending, which we both thought was a bit out of place. I mean, but still, it's a great movie about just the environment, uh, protecting it. Uh, uh like how do you say like uh environment conservation uh, preservation conservation yeah. yeah um so that's basically the team uh of this movie while uh and yeah. i can't wait for hamaguchi's uh other movie because he does have another movie coming out this year at mm -hmm. kent which i will cover uh yes. hopefully mm -hmm. so i'm really excited to see that one maybe reflect it with evil does not exist because i'm expecting another quite heavy team heavy movie from that one uh and yeah evil does not exist i mean it was your your top four it was your fourth from here you tried yes yeah before memory it, it was it was um in my top three but then it got bumped last minute on the last day but oh. uh yeah I, I don't know if i love it as much because i don't i don't know it, it really is, is hindered by the ending i really liked how slow it was how much of uh quote-unquote nothing it shows you but it's if you look at everything, it, it's like yeah. everything, you know, that's, and that's strong when a filmmaker is able to do that. And, uh, Amaguchi just is continuously able to, to craft like such an engaging, engaging narrative with, uh, what we would consider cinematically nothing. Um, so it's it, also, yeah. um, evil doesn't exist. It's my 2500 movie. <laughs> I literally watched a short film, uh, on the day of like Hamaguchi, yeah. uh, just to make that movie, my 2500 and not like <laughs> the movie after I was that dedicated to making Hamaguchi, my 2500 movie film. So like, yeah, you're, that's another statistic. Uh, then, I, yeah, is alright. Anything yeah, Green Border, let's go. Green Border, the third jury prize, basically. Well, no, the special jury prize, which is essentially the third prize of the festival, went to Green yeah. Border. Is it, is it a Polish film? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it uh, is a Polish film. It's a Belgium, Czechian, France co-production, but I feel like Poland is probably yeah, the main I one. Uh, anyways, it, it's it's an EU production, you know, when you get like 25 <laughs> logos in four different countries. Yeah, and, and, it, and it's, it's had, also... Dude, some of the Italian productions had like five minutes worth of logos at the start. Like, I, I believe like, not Commandante, but like the movie after had like so many logos. I was like, damn, like this is... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know which one um, I mean. But uh, yeah, yeah, Green Border uh, is also like, 
it is an EU project also basically because it's talking about a big EU crisis, about the immigrant crisis, about, uh, you know, like refugees, uh, etc. Uh, going mm. to uh, Belarus and trying to cross the border to go into Poland, which is like the first, then they're officially into the EU. And the Polish border agent and the Belarus uh, border agent, they're kind of playing ping pong with each other, with the mm, immigrants with and refugees lives, at yeah. set borders and playing with human lives, you know. It's um, essentially playing I, ping pong with uh, maybe soft boiled eggs, uh, is maybe a way you could put it, uh, the way that they treat them. Um, yeah. And a lot of them, like and like going to even <laughs> extend this analogy, um, <laughs> pretending they're all bad eggs, and they're yeah. clearly not uh, breaking a, a some along the process. Uh, yeah, treating everyone with the not even a shred of of humanity, and it's an ongoing crisis. It's something that's still going on. So it's like one of those movies that tackles something that's important. I feel like structurally, uh, it does like the the chapter thing, um, and we both agreed that it kind of breaks that at one point because it's essentially at first really just like sticking to the perspective and then once it introduces that perspective it sometimes cuts back to like a different perspective that we've previously established and by the end of it it's just like cross-cutting the whole time and it lost me a bit that's also the longest movie that i saw 152 yeah. minutes uh i feel like a lot of it is important but some of the stuff you could condense down a bit because it's a harder sell you know if it's longer film but um uh, yeah, and, and after yeah. a while, you, like you know, you can only show um, refugees crossing the border that many times, right? I mean, they have to. Yeah, but, like it, it gets a bit stale. I after yeah, that, but yeah, I feel like the frustration that you have with it is is intentional. Um, but yeah, it doesn't make for the for the greatest cinema experience. But that's kind of the yeah. point. It, but there were also like moments. I feel like. There were moments where you could feel the anger of the filmmaker. You could feel the anger oh, yeah. of the story because at some point, you know, like a a a, a pregnant woman gets thrown on a uh, on a on barbed wire and rolls mm. off it. Like those are the moments where you can really feel as a human, like oh fuck these people, uh, you know. But like those moments of anger and frustration don't show up that often. But when they do, they do hit just not as consistent as I would have liked. Uh, and also, yeah. like, and, like, there's also, like, a, a epilogue, which is kind of tacked on to the movie, which I I, I do get, but it's also, like... Oh, I forgot, well, I forget what the epilogue they, was. They basically, you know, the, the movie focused on the border, on the border between Poland and Belarus, but then at the end, they also focused on Ukraine. Which I felt oh, like a bit. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, it was it was basically making the comparison, which which I agree is like a, a really big issue. Um, not yeah. in the way that like that that like lots of Ukrainian refugees were let into the EU, but the other ones from the Middle East and an African side are not. Which I think really is a big issue. Maybe pair yeah. this movie up with uh, Origin and really get get really angry. Um, yeah. And uh, it also leaves you frustrated with uh, what you are actually able to do because there is a bunch of like characters who are engaged with activism and trying to help, but they are so restricted in what they're able to do that I was like, I, I, I multiply got like a headache and got like angry by how little they can, uh, can do even though they're so engaged with just like saving human lives and that they're not able to. 
Um, and it's one of the films that, like, you know, it, it it, it's made even stronger because it is so unapologetically just pretty much real. Um, uh, yeah, and what it what is trying to depict. Uh, so yeah, warm recommendation for Gr Green Border, but it's it's a heavy watch. Yeah, you, might like, even be the heaviest of the whole. With, with Origin and Green Border, these are the two thematic heavy movies like yeah. people must see because of its topic. I do agree. With exactly. That. Yeah, both of them show them show them in in yeah. classrooms. I feel like it, it it should be basic education. Um, just like you know, the sh uh, taking away people's people's uh people's uh, humanity uh just through politics is something that is abhorrent and it keep, keeps being done um and it's just frustrating to see so uh yeah uh, very educational and uh, good movies along the way as well I, I, let's move away from the heavy handed i need something heavy <laughs> let's, I need get, something let's, get, let's get some sci-fi let's get some let's sci drama sci-fi german <laughs> film the die theorie von allem the theory of everything which you I feel, if you like said it's basically the weakest in this competition, which I yeah, have to I say this. just means this competition is quite strong. I feel like uh, Finally Dawn is definitely weaker than this, uh, even Dogman. But uh, Theory of Everything, um, a sci-fi film with uh, multiverse nature, but in yeah. a black and white uh town in what is it? Was it Switzerland where it's set in, or is it actually? Uh, yeah, it's Switzerland. I believe. It's Beautiful yeah, landscape. Beautiful landscape. It's black and white, you know. Um, also very reminiscent uh, with old Hollywood in yeah. terms of execution, mm -hmm. which I really uh You got really the film fatal in there as well. Stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. But uh Karen. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I don't remember much of the movie. Right. I was which I think yeah. is a bit of a problem with the execution. Yeah. Uh because uh, yeah, I actually don't almost remember nothing of this movie, which I, I remember a lot of these movies, but of this one, I couldn't tell you a damn thing. I was so ready to to love this film because it was like, yes, a a German film. That's good. Uh, I, I'd love to take it over these mediocre Italian, Italian productions. <laughs> and, and I feel like it still was like this was better than not. And it wasn't better than Io Capitano. Never mind. But it, like it's <laughs> quite repetitive, unfortunately. Uh, and it doesn't really get thematically very interesting. The multiverse part of it comes in in a relevant way to our main character pretty late into the story. It's it's a fine thing, but it's like basically a dollar store version of Dark. Uh, you know the show on on Netflix uh, with like the, the sci-fi elements, and I wasn't able to completely be engrossed in its story, but. I would say if you like sci-fi, uh, I would give it a mild recommendation. But you I, like all yeah. you like old Hollywood and like, you like the old way Hollywood, they, yeah. yeah. Then this movie—it's also very long, isn't this movie a bit long? Uh, I feel like it's like two hours long, maybe a bit more. Oh, than two, two hours, hours long. Yeah, uh, it does feel a bit more longer than two hours. Yeah, it does feel like a bit longer, right? Yeah. Which, by the way, I I forgot this next movie was over two hours. It's two hours and twenty minutes. Poor things is two hours and 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 twenty minutes. This movie, Yet you could tell I me this movie is a hundred movies long. Um, I don't remember it being long at all. Uh, this was obviously the biggest winner of the festival. Uh, looking forward to rewatching it. Uh, part of the program at the Zurich Film Festival. Uh, it's uh the latest Yorgos Lantimos film that will clearly 
uh, get a bunch of Oscar nominations and maybe even wins. Uh, it's got a stellar performance from Willem Dafoe and Mark Ruffalo in supporting uh, performances, but then also um, maybe even Emma Stone's best work uh, to date is what some people say. I think she's really good. I feel like the surrounding parts around uh, her uh, what make this really like don't get me wrong she, she's amazing in it but this movie is incredibly uh witty with its uh, the way it's written the way it's constructed the way uh the production design comes together the makeup is incredible uh it's funny it's sexy it's um like i said witty but also in the way that like it goes through um i was about to say formality which is not a word <laughs> but a female characteristics in yeah. the, a, a male-driven um, patriarchal world through the lens of someone who ba basically has a baby brain and is growing up through it uh it's like calling out a bunch of human urges uh within the construct of patriarchy but then breaking it down from someone who's unapologetically just doing what she wants um, I feel like it's a very funny movie. It's a very strong movie. It's the highlight of the festival easily. So, uh, Kevin, what, what do you have to say about Poor Things? Uh, well, uh, you didn't go into this movie with high expectation, but I nope. was because I love Yorgos Lantimos. I love The Lobster. I love Killing of a Sacred Deer. Mm. Uh, I really, really, really like The Favorite. So, like, this guy was on a hot streak, and the hot streak keeps going because you know this is a movie about science sex and the pleasures we find in between them yeah. uh it's honestly uh like could be a uh, netflix the performance movie. the performances were really great the um the production design is really great as you said but for me honestly the screenplay is the strongest part yeah. uh because you no know, it's such a literary screenplay because you know yet you have to write as someone is talking like a baby and then we have to go to advanced poetry yeah. and like it, it it really like keeps up the variety of the movie like it doesn't it never gets stale never oh, yeah. uh, also like you know like mark ruffalo it's this is like a type of mark ruffalo we have never seen to him uh yeah uh, it might be, but, it, it, this is clearly my favorite mark ruffalo performance like yeah mine too <laughs> easily easily uh, Willem Dafoe is also, like I said, amazing. Um, He's a goat. He's a goat. What yeah. you want? Yeah. Christopher Abbott also shines. Uh, Rami Youssef, Gerald Carmichael, Margaret Qualley. Uh, I will say yeah. Rami Youssef, uh, which is like, he's, he's apparently this is his fe feature film debut. Uh, he plays um, uh, Max McCandles. Like, you know, even the names are quite absurd, right? Uh, but mm -hmm. he also uh, was really good. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He he has a more simpler role of uh, basically, I'd say, like the good guy. Essentially. Also, uh, Margaret Qualley, Qualley, barely in the movie. movie. Yeah, she she's barely in the movie, but when she shows up, she's like, "Oh shit, it's her! Let's go!" <laughs> it's, it's very funny. Yeah, Christopher Abbott <laughs> is a uh, yeah. I don't know. He's the goat. Is all I'll say. He's uh, also gross. <laughs> uh, yeah uh okay let's get to the new pablo R lorraine uh lorraine film which comes out this week i believe exactly i think it's in theaters and then the week after or two weeks after on netflix so we'll be talking about talking about it on the podcast a bit more extensively if i can get luckland to see it uh but this one um I, you I went like into this solid. one with high expectations right 
Did I? I, I don't remember. Yeah, because you I like, remember, you like Pablo Ro- festivals all yeah, the time. No, no, no. You, you like Pablo Ru- Lorraine because he I did do. Spencer. So I think you went yeah. into his festival. It's also like the first evening uh, film we watched at Venice Film Festival. So we, like, we were oh, like, yeah. I did the first there's, there's evening session. Before Agro Drift and there's after Agro Drift. This one was solid. It was very brutal. It's another one of these uh, of the black and white films. Um, it's another one of Netflix's, uh, we just give a filmmaker money and they do whatever the fuck they want and do whatever the fuck they want is interesting. Um, but I wasn't blown away. Uh, but I, I'd recommend uh, So Some people you? said it's the, a Chilean vampire succession, which I quite <laughs> like that description if I'm being honest. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just like the, so, the successes as children are probably the least interesting part of it because there's a bunch of them yeah. and they're kind of indecipherable and like a lot of it is played for really like for in your face not not in your face it's um nonchalant comedy uh where it's basically like a statement that's being made and the statement is ridiculous and that's the humor and it does that like 20 plus times in the film and i never found it that funny and it's one of the backbones of the film. And that's where kind of the comedy for me didn't work as well as it wanted to. Yeah, the, the kids were just really there to be brats. Um, mm-hmm. Because the most interesting dynamic is between the dictator and the butler. It's between the dictator and his wife. Yeah. Um, those, those, those And those dynamics are good, but they get interrupted by the non-interesting dynamics. And that's where the movie falters for me. Uh, but it, it is a, at some point very funny, especially at the ending when it gets quite absurd. Uh, yeah. But yeah, just just average, um, not Pablo Ruin's strongest as well, unfortunately. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, next up, another film that we caught early in the festivals and um, we heard firsthand from some Italians that they didn't like the portrayal of someone <laughs> that is Italian, uh, that is not Italian, an American doing an Italian accent. Speaking of Michael Mann's, uh, Adam Driver led Ferrari. Yes, we should. We should do the, <laughs> Should we do the entire review with like, uh, you know, with like an Italian accent? Yeah, <laughs> to get canceled. Yeah, Ferrari. Michael Mann's latest uh, is uh, a very decent movie. The I don't think is... we should do it. Just saying. <laughs> Which I... is a dumb suggestion. Uh, I feel like this was... was. Was it that bad? Was my accent that bad? Uh, no comment. <clears throat> just like. Just like uh, Enzo Ferrari after after the accident. I, I will say you and I both uh, didn't watch the trailer of Ferrari before going into it. And I think that was for the best because I did watch yeah. it after. And I do think it's I still haven't seen mis- it. <laughs> it no, it's actually like quite a misrepresentation of it because oh, okay. the trailer really portrayed it like a driller, like a heavy drama, like a snappy drama. Mm. And it's, it's not, not really. No. Um, it's a I don't want to. It's not tender, but it's a very straightforward one. Um, no, like, but the star of this movie is not Adam Driver for me. It's Penelope Cruz, which because she really delivers. She's uh, certainly the loudest in this film. Um, so, so, I don't yeah. know if she's the best. Nah, the, the cars are louder. The ca- <laughs> I guess the cars are louder. Uh, yeah, there's also Shailene Woodley as, uh, I guess, Adam Driver's uh, mistress. Who had... Also, Penelope Cruz is the only one who is able to pull through the Italian accent throughout the movie. Because she can't the speak other... Italian, I yeah. Act... <laughs> the, the actor, other actors 
can because they do whenever they have to say an Italian a name. name. Yeah, it's so funny. That, that's when they so it's like <laughs> it's kind of like up and down, right? Yeah. Um, but for me, Ferrari actually it feels kind of like the the same Michael Mann trope in is in uh, it's that there feels like there's a longer cut that there is more. Uh, because that's what the most with like Michael Mann movie like there's there also there's always like a longer long movies, cut yeah. which dives deeper for me I I think the longer movie uh, dives deeper into the Ferrari drivers because I thought they were quite flat surfaced uh, and the movie focused more on uh, Adam Driver's uh, Enzo Ferrari yeah. dynamic between his wife and his uh, mistress uh, with with the, uh, an actual son but he can't um the can't, uh, yeah, take the name of Ferrari. Take the it's name like, of Ferrari, yeah. yeah. Um, and like, even also a sports movie. I think that's also like people were expecting like a Ford versus Ferrari type of snappy, you know, racing movie. They're not going to get that. That's also like a fair warning. Uh, to, like, yeah, really... it's like very much concerned with like, how do we make ends meet? This company is is like bleeding money. Uh, the backbone of it all is uh, like the racing, you know, uh, that's what we want to focus on. And it, it, like, that's the central storyline of Adam Driver. It's not really giving us a like deeper dive into the personality of Ferrari, but basically surrounding events that are highly dramatic and they kind of make the backbone of the plot points for this film. Um, and I don't know how much we get from this in in like a, a character piece i feel like for that it's like that's one of the reasons why penelope cruz kind of outshines him as a character because there's not like that much uh from like see she's kind of a simple character in this as well but she still out, uh, still outshines him um because she's basically just like mad <laughs> that's a whole personality uh mad and crazy uh, i mean she has a gun she does right. have a gun and she should not have a gun she, she, should not. <laughs> she should definitely not have a gun. Um, but also, like the two drivers, like Patrick Dempsey and Jack O'Connell, like they, like they show up and then they disappear. They they, yeah, up, which is like where you think there might be more with these drivers. Yeah, and I, I agree. do think so. Um, which I, I, I kind of liked how little they, they gave us of it. Uh, with the direction the movie goes towards the, the, the end of the film, which I certainly don't want to take away and spoil for anyone. Um, but uh, I feel like it, it left me like a bit flabbergasted and maybe that's why I'm still kind of quite positive on the film because it, it surprised me, uh, whereas yeah, me it too. might not surprise you as much and you might l like it less because there's not as much meat, you know, on the bone. Um, but yeah, that's Ferrari. Right. Uh, next up, a film that you were really, <laughs> this is going to take a long time, man. Um <laughs> The, yeah, no. uh, we'll, we'll, uh, I think we'll run through some of the horizontal categories a bit bit faster. Yeah. But, uh, Adagio. Was so, that, uh, yeah. how, how much of this movie did you see? I, I, no comment. Again, I think no I comment. slept for... I, we sat next to each other for this one, and you told me that I slept for approximately like 20 minutes, minutes of this film. <laughs> 40. 40? Uh, yeah, I was at one point very confused, but um, I... this movie is buff. This movie is buff uh, two hours long, so I think you slept forty. I think you missed yeah. like basically the, like a huge chunk of the second act, which is like where all the the meat is, <laughs> and then you were like, 
I mean, to be fair, they were chasing each other at the start and they were still chasing each other at the end. So I don't know. <laughs> I felt like I hadn't missed as much. I was just confused. Uh, but maybe uh, maybe you only speak uh, of it. I am still giving it a positive rating uh, for the limited me too, me too. part that I've don't seen worry. of it. But uh, yeah. But uh, look, this movie is from Stefano Solima, which I think is a great uh, crime director. And I think when he focuses on that aspect in his films, he always delivers. Uh, I have seen A Cap, which is also with uh, Pierre Francesco Favino. Uh, and it's also like his, uh, the end of the trilogy. I don't know which trilogy, but in particularly, I think it's Sub Subura, which is also in that trilogy. Um, but yeah, uh, Adagio is a, again, like a really slow burner. Um, but I do feel uh, it's a solid crime thriller, honestly, and that's what I'm here for. It has a really decent uh, shootout at the end. Uh, I really liked it overall. Uh, yeah, I don't think I have much more to say. That you want to see a solid Italian crime thriller, like one of the better Italian movies at the festival? Go watch it, Dagio. Oh, yeah, that's I guess it. it was Italian. Yeah, and you, I mean, you get the lead from <laughs> Comandante again with uh, Ray Francesco Favino. <laughs> I love how you say, oh, yeah, Italian. <laughs> Look, there's a ton of Italian films. I, I, I lean more towards the French side because uh, uh, I feel like they're yeah. more consistent in, in what and they're Danish. putting up. Uh, I mean, that's like for, for the big. I feel like French might be the biggest production uh, in I, Europe. I think, we watch, I think we watch a lot of Canal Plus movies too. They're, yeah, they're basically everything that is in France kind of runs through the, the Canal uh, Plus funding at one point. I feel like that's yeah. often the case. Unless it's a co-production with France, then it might be yeah. a smaller production. Also. Anyways, the next one uh, was another historic drama, a drama that I... It was one of the nights where I had to just go rest uh, because I was sick. And uh, yeah, similar to The Beast, I'm quite sad that I didn't get to catch a woman off. So uh, yeah, can you tell us a bit more about this? Uh, again, a bit like Green Border and Origin, this movie tackles the a very heavy topic of uh, trans, uh, just uh, identity? trans... Trans okay. identity, you know, uh, gender reassignment uh, is the thing they use the most in, uh, in that movie but yeah. trans uh, identity is very much the topic of the movie and it talks about the fact that you know the laws and the procedures you have to go to in Poland to get your uh, gender reassigned uh, and it's very fucked actually uh, it's very you know like the fact that our main lead has to go through that many uh, procedures like you know you have at some point you even have to divorce because you know, a man uh, marries in between a man and a woman, and mm. like you know, like you even have to divorce. You at some point, you even you even have to sue your parents to uh, because they gave you the wrong mm. gender. Which I'm like, but this is crazy. It's, yeah. But it is all told uh, through the perspective uh, of our main lead, which I thought was very good. Mm. You also had jo Joanna Kulig, I believe, which most people know as the lead from Cold War. Uh, hmm. she's the main actress in that one uh, very very good movie I believe this movie if Poland picks this uh, as their uh, international feature film because I don't know if maybe it's Green Border but again they got two movies with very good subjects uh, maybe Woman Off is a bit more commercial I don't want to say commercial but a bit more you no know, for the common audiences than Green Border like it's right. a bit less heavy handed oh, okay. uh, like in that way uh, yeah. I mean uh, but yeah, like, you know, 
she goes through this uh, journey, you know, the dating life, the procedural side of going into it was all very interesting to see. I really recommend this movie. Uh, it's, and, you know, it's still a problem to this day in Poland. So, yeah, it's yeah, an ongoing ongoing movie. issue with trans uh, yeah. acceptance and all of that is, is very much uh, similar to, I guess, the the refugee crisis. Uh, something yeah. that deserves to be a spotlight uh, just for the sake of, of normalizing it. Um, so yeah, I love how we got the variety in, in refugee stories and I feel like it's slowly getting there. Like we got EO Capitano, which is a success story, but then we got Green Border, which is more of like a, a structural breakdown of it all and how the mistreatment is happening. And here you got a historic depiction of, um, what it is been like to be trans, uh, through the last like 50 years in Poland. Um, and the more variety we get, the better. So, uh, yeah, yeah that, that's also one aspect of women uh, of I love like that it goes to like the 50 years uh, of like a person, uh, you know, like in the beginning, even like uh, because that's actually the part I just remembered, like in the beginning, you know, you have this guy um, who uh, needs to be drafted. He goes in mm -hmm. for like to get uh, drafted, but he doesn't want to take his socks off. And apparently he has like polish, uh, toe nail polish, polish on yeah. His, yeah, nail polish on his toes. And like he doesn't get uh, drafted then, but like another guy who tried to get out of the draft uh, brought like a chicken and like I can't get rid of this chicken. Uh, I can do basically say it's kind of like mentally insane, oh, okay. but he gets drafted anyway. So that's like the type of you know like uh, like the, the type of things that people go to hmm. uh, to just the measures they take basically. So yeah, yeah. really really good movie. And again, like the topics uh, of of the main competition films have all been relevant uh, and very topical. So oh, I really like. Yeah, that. that's why when the selection came out, we were praising it beyond any other of this year. I feel like this this movies are liked more in Gun. We looked at this while we were at the festival, um, but overall, I feel like the selection throughout the whole competition is very solid, and it's the best I've seen in a long time. Um, and we got one more. Yes, and you can lead us into it because it's your home country, Fientroch, a Belgian It's film. Holly, the latest movie from Fientroch. Uh, the movie is about a uh, a girl who is a bit lonely. The only friend she got is her sister and an autistic uh, guy as a friend. One day she doesn't really feel good. She calls to the school. I don't really feel like coming today. I have a bad feeling about something. And apparently there was a school fire. Uh, the mm. school like burned down and from that point on we get to deal with grief but we also have this girl holly who somehow has the ability to make people feel less depressed to feel good again some people call her in the on the letterbox comments the holy spirit uh yeah the holy spirit the holy uh, spirit I, yeah <laughs> yeah which i thought was a funny joke but it, the joke was being made like 200 times on letterbox so it's like all right then yeah yeah uh, the joke uh, got I lost. mean, but to, yeah, the lead the actress in this movie is very, very good. Great. Uh, yeah. I think she's excellent. I also think the direction choices, the cinematography choices, especially one shot at the end, was very, very well. We both remember, uh, we both 
that like it was one of our favorite ending shots. I think it is of, my favorite ending shot. It, it, it is. It's great. It's great. It's it's amazing. Uh, people yeah. didn't like this one, <laughs> Kevin. Nah. Because uh, there's maybe some similarities to Christianity and Jesus, and maybe in the Christian. And we're center. in Italy, and which is like one of the most religious countries uh, in the world. Which I thought maybe that was a mismatch, but uh, yeah. apparently the the general audiences, the international audiences, were also a bit mixed on it. Like a lot of positive, yeah. a lot of bad ones. Um, but it's kind of like again, like Dark Man, a bit of a superhero story, but on mm. the art house side. Um, but I really, really love this one. Yeah, and I might be biased because I'm Belgian. Dogman didn't Belgian have movie. the dog in, in 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 them for me, but like you know, Fientroch, Belgium. This is a Belgium hound. Okay, it's got the dog in him. Uh, so Holly is. <laughs> 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 Don't laugh at me. I know that didn't make any sense, but let's just let me finish and close out this you, section. You, you okay. need to you need to keep that in. <laughs> I definitely keep it in. But Holly is great. Uh, go give it a give it a try. It's it's uh yeah. You might hate it actually. <laughs> it's very likely and that I, you might hate it, and it's not not at all for you. But I I also quite liked it. And I hope it's Belgian's uh, selection. I don't think it will get in, but I hope it's uh, Belgian selection for international film. Yeah, feature film. So. Yep, and that uh, wraps up the competition section. So let's quickly go over what we would have picked uh, for time constraints. I'm not going to give you any more other than the like what I would give to each movie. So uh, going from uh, actually bottom up again uh, for the Young Actor Award, I would give it to the lead in Holly. Uh, you agree with me there as well, Kevin, right? Catalina Gerard. Exactly. I'm going to leave it to you to say her name. <laughs> um, and you also uh, give a shout out to the kid Awaga Tsukao. Uh, and I would uh, put myself alongside that. Not in competition here for Hokage Shadow of Fire. Uh, small kid would talk about the film in a second, but that was also a great young performance. Um, then screenplay, I would give it to. Uh, Evil does not exist. Uh, if it were eligible, the K-Mutiny, Kurt Marshall, Hitman, or Hokage Shadow Fire, I also have uh, great screenplays. For you, it's Portings. For me, it's Portings. Right? Yeah, I think literary, literary screenplay, a great, like, even if uh, if Portings gets published as a book, I will buy it because I do think it's that great. Uh, you know, to re this, this screenplay of Portings is going to get research uh, for years to come. That I'm 100% sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, then for actor actress, uh, the Volpe Award, we give uh, our main prize to just the same performance here. Uh, actor Mats Mikkelsen in Bastarden, The Promised Land, and then uh, Eugene Ellis Taylor uh, in Origin is our favorite uh, female performance. Um, you have a couple of honorable mentions here as well. Yeah, right? I got Emma Stone because I do think it's her best work since La La Land. And uh, yeah. I got Arjen Mandi, which is uh, the lead in Tatami, which is a movie we'll talk about. In Horizonte, yes. In Horizonte, yes. Silver Lion, who were you giving it to? Mm, I'm giving Director. it to Yorgos Lantimos. Uh, just really solid direction overall in this film. Um, easy, easy pick for me as as uh, the Silver Lion. I would give it also to Yorgos Lantimos, but I'm giving it to Ava DuVernay due to the fact that you know, the way she uh, adapted this book is, I think, it's the toughest task to do, even more than 
you know, you're responsible for important things, like, yeah. you know, because it's its own creation. I do think like it's a bit more of an easier task. I'm putting that between air quotes because, you know, directing a movie like Porting is definitely not easy. But I do think the way Ava DuVernay adapted uh, the story, the source of origin is more impressive to me. So I'm giving mm. it to her. Uh, my grand jury or oh, no, special jury prize, uh, third prize of the festival, I would give to Bastarden, second one to Memory, and the Golden Lion, I would stay with Poor Things, because my favorite film of the festival, Hitman, is, uh, was out of competition, so it wouldn't be in this category. Uh, what about you, Kevin? Uh, jury prize goes to Holly, because I really loved, uh, that. Also, mm -hmm. uh, actor, I would give to Caleb Landry-Jones, I forgot to say oh, yeah. that. Uh, second is Evil Does Not Exist and Memory. Uh, I would probably take Memory over Evil Does Not Exist, but again, honorable mention to that. Mm -hmm. And we both agree that the best movie of the festival is Poor Things, as did the jury at Venice, as did most people at the festival in general. So Poor Things is the biggest winner of the festival and probably going to be of the year. Uh, yeah, for a lot of people. I mean, I like some stuff more. It doesn't beat... Um... I think Gun to me, I got like three movies that I like over it from <laughs> Gun still, but it's a very good movie and it's gonna gonna top a lot of the uh, end of the year lists. Uh, I can already picture that. Oh my God, we are getting to two hours in this. I mean, I, yeah, I can already definitely. see it. Uh, next we up, apologize. we are getting to out of competition uh, films that aren't el eligible for any awards because maybe you have a sneaky little pedophile in there from time to time. Um, first up, we just have someone with inappropriate relationships. I don't know if he's actually a pedophile, just an all around weird dude with Woody Allen, which, uh, <laughs> is someone who has made really iconic films. This is his 50th one. Um, I've never gotten warm with his stuff. I feel like he's just someone who through his characters is just like complaining. Uh, but I also, this is my second or third film I've seen of his. So I'm judging him based on really not anything, but Coupe de Chance was not something to get me more intrigued. Uh, what did you think uh, of this film, Kevin? Uh, again, I haven't seen much movies. I think it's actually... I Oh, wait, no. I've watched one movie of Woody Allen, which is like uh, Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Okay. Uh, which, yeah. which I thought was like, meh. And mm. I think the same about this movie. I think it's kind of meh. Um, the end is kind of like... The end doesn't match the rest of the movie for me. Uh, I do get that people can have fun with this movie because you know it's uh, if they're old. It is. It is, it is quite. A, it it's, is quite a snappy movie. Yeah, um, if you're fifty plus, man, I don't know. I don't know if you can enjoy this film if if you're like under thirty. Uh, but yeah, like, I do people, think it's quite people a went movie. crazy. I don't know for yeah. Polanski, but when Woody nah. Allen was on, like, uh, his name was on screen in Italy, was like, we forgive you. Like, it was the most claps I've heard in, in any yeah. in any screening. It was a flabbergasted. I was just mad. I was like, no, I don't want to celebrate I, this I, guy. I, I, I do think it's a movie for the boomers. Like, even yeah. when Woody Allen was on the red carpet, I mean, there was a protest uh, when he showed up uh, on, on the red carpet, but, like, the, the general people that were there going crazy for him they, they love him I, I have a lot of people like in my surroundings that whenever he comes up they like they're also older but they they quite like like him and he's still looked at with admiration and not really with the controversy and uh, maybe maybe that's just like me coming in later on where all i can see him is like controversy first and then his movies have to live up to that standard 
if, if it were a great movie, then maybe we could have a different discussion. But yeah, chance... I mean, I, I, I can separate the art from the artist, but in this case, there wasn't much to separate. No, it was just at the, all. Yeah. Uh, like uh, I mean, a shout out to like Neil Sh- Neil Schneider uh, because uh, he's also in another miniseries we watch, and I do think he's quite a good actor. Do, so do you want to talk about the miniseries out. next? Because we we certainly uh, can. We do um, so, me and Ewan. Uh, you know, funny enough. <laughs> Uh, when Ewan did his reaction to the, you know, like the selection, it was like a 12 hour mini, like a 12 episode mini series. Are you yeah. kidding me? Mm-hmm. And we actually watched it. We actually watched it. <laughs> we spent 10 hours in the theater uh, to see Funnily it. Funnily enough, we started on the first day with the first six episodes and we ended with the literal last screening was the last six episodes. Yeah. Also, the- uh, our longest night, we went past midnight to... Uh, to yeah. catch all of of blood and uh wait of money and blood sorry to not get that uh, yeah uh, which we we thought i think the first nine episodes we were actually a bit okay with we thought we were good but the last three were a real drag and that is mainly yeah. due to the fact that uh i some, believe ramsey bedia some characters uh, disappear from the show and it's from characters disappear from the one, show yeah. and both our favorite character disappeared and we thought yeah. he should have been the main villain because there are three villains yeah. uh, in it the series you like for me that miniseries felt like a netflix miniseries because it's like thir- it's like 12 episodes and it's like you know like the studio orders that many episodes but and you could have done really it in eight budget yeah they could have done it in eight even nine uh, for me, yeah, uh, okay. because like the character disappears at nine, and at that point, I was fine with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, Vincent Lindon is very good as this uh, mag- mag- magistrate, uh, uh, you know, like book cooking up the books, looking at the finances, like that part is all very riveting. Uh, like uh, the three villains are actual pieces of shit and are very enjoyable to watch, beside like the, the more bougie one, the rich one, yeah, uh, but. Like, very good series, just watch up until episode 9, and then you're good. Yeah, I don't know if I can recommend it, because I, I liked the the second part of our first uh, screening section, when we watched, like, episode 4 through 6. Uh, yeah. And then I, I really liked two of the later episodes, I think 8 and 9, or, like, 7, yeah. no, 7 and 9 were no, really strong. No, 7 and 9, yeah. Um, and it just, it was very repetitive in what it was going for also um, in its yeah. little shot use too like they use exactly. a lot of the same shots and i do think that footage. due to budgeting yeah. uh problems uh but yeah i can recommend it if you want something like it's, it's a 7 out of 10 show mm. uh, for me yeah but the later episodes do kind of fit alike but it's more, more like a 6 out of 10 to me but if you like yeah. that uh fictionalized real crime drama stuff then yeah you might be in for something that you enjoy uh something that a lot of people will join uh or watch just because of the name attached to it is the latest uh collection actually of short films based on uh raw roll ronald doll uh, fuck what the fuck is his name Roald Dahl. I don't I don't know. I don't have his name in front of me. Uh, but basically a collection of short stories from Wes Anderson. We saw one of them, the 40-minute long, uh, the wonderful story of Henry Sugar. And I didn't really care for it, if I'm being honest. I thought it was just we went in, we went out. I had no emotions and we've said we've both said uh we talked about it, right? It's like Wes Anderson does his Wes Anderson style. And 
when he does it, it's always fascinating. You know, the way he yeah. shoots stuff, like it's always fascinating. The thing is, it's just become such a staple of his. You, it's not the only thing you need to be fascinated with it. Like the story needs to be riveting as need to be as riveting as his filmmaking capabilities. Mm. And I didn't think the wonderful story of Henry Sugar was that. I do think again the performances were very good in it. Uh, they yeah. really did match uh, the again like the the yeah the, mm, yeah. Um, I, I mean Benedict Cumberbatch's uh, debut, I think, in a Wes Anderson film. That's Patel well. also, and he works great within the constraints of it. I just like I I didn't go in with like a lot of expectations, but it didn't do it didn't do much for me because it was all yeah. like style and not really any. Not not even substance, but just like an engaging story wasn't really yeah. for, for me there because like the the framework around it was like as often with Wes Anderson more important than uh, the actual core of it. But uh, I mean, you don't have to wait for too long until this comes out. Uh, there's gonna be a four day uh, thing. I think it's on Netflix, right? Yeah, it's on Netflix, and there are like other Roald, Roald Dahl uh, stories. Uh, yeah, this one comes out end of the month, uh, September 28th, uh, 7th, and then for the next three days after, The Swan, The Rat Catcher, and Poison will premiere on the streaming site. So, uh, yeah, we'll definitely be looking at those on the podcast as well, because Lachlan is uh, certainly the bigger Wes Anderson fan. Um, and we'll share our thoughts on, on those uh, the latest time more extensively. And then the next one is an Italian film that was, I think, our second movie of the second festival. Of the like, festival. oh my God, we are starting so slow. <laughs> uh, it's essentially like an an end of days thing where like there's a report. End of the that world in... movie. Yeah, it's based on a book, I believe. We uh, weren't aware of that. Oh, right. Um, and it's just people talking, some twists coming just out of nowhere, really, with no substance to it. Uh, you know, there's like a love triangle with the guy who gets his uh, head uh, shocked off in Inglourious Bastards by Eli Roth, I believe. Um, so yeah, that's, that's literally the only thing I knew him from. Uh, um, yeah, it's so, I don't yeah. know. It's just like don't watch it. I I don't know if we need to say no. more about it. Otherwise, we'll just no. shit on the film. Don't watch it. It, it was just bad. Oh no no no! Bad. I do want to say one thing. Like you know, when the end of the world comes, like there's a big flashlight. And I was just laughing. <laughs> I, yeah, it's um, it, it is yeah. very underwhelming in every possible conceivable way. Yeah. Um. Then I think this one was one that I only I caught Vivant, uh, by uh, Alex Delaporte, uh, a movie about like a um, French movie, a, a French movie. That's why I liked it too. A couple of years ago, I was I was like down on France. I was like, no, they they all do the <laughs> same thing. It's just like a bunch of people in a room and they talk and it's not engaging. <laughs> like the shots. previous Italy, and now they've moved on to make like more genre, not even genre, but just like interesting stories. Uh, and this yeah. is like about a, a uh, an intern entering this, uh, I guess, uh, media thing that started like 15 years ago, where they basically do uh, video uh, type of uh, journalism. And they were like in war zones before, and they've kind of cooled down a bit in what they're doing because their budget has been slashed. So they're mainly in France kind of reporting on that side. So it's like always going against can they survive on with the ratings and the show that's been around for 15 years. So that all goes into it. But then it's also just like reporting at the dynamics between them. There's also like a, a juicy maybe hint of a love story that is kind of mildly inappropriate in it as well. The lead 
I'm sorry to be so surface level, but she is stunning. So I was already in that. <laughs> I'm kind of kind of basic that way. Sometimes I just need like an engaging, uh, good looking lead, and I, that in a movie that is also kind of interesting. Uh, and I'm I'm loving it. Uh, and here that was exactly the case. I don't know how like ultimately big it goes or like whatever it says if it, if it says anything. But it's just like it's a very good. Uh, short 86 minute long um, entertainment piece and I can recommend it well I watched another French movie which you also watched called Dali Dali yes Dali Dali which you gotta, kinda... you gotta say the six A's come on yeah. man Dali <laughs> wait no there's only one I so it's like Dali <laughs> Yeah. Right. Good that we're well, breaking that down. Quentin I, uh, Dupio, uh, known for his uh, bizarre comedy style. This was actually my first one uh, of his. Uh, I haven't seen any of the other ones. As someone who's more well-versed in his comedic language, uh, where does this one land? Is, is it good? Uh, can you it recommend is very it? good. Yeah, yeah I, I truly recommend it. You know, Dali is played by different people. Uh, a lot of love these movies got. Uh, I you was know, like so confused at times. Like, wait, that guy, it's it's different. But what is different? <laughs> They're not acknowledging it. And like the, the confusion that you feel is, is part of the journey. And it's, yeah. um, I, I don't know if I always vibe with the callback type of humor and like the... I mean, the, the, the literal callback, right? A little call, callback too. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, so and I, I really like the film. Like also the way you know, like Dolly dies. Like he talks like Dolly doesn't want to be interviewed without a camera cinematographic. Like the way he talks, it's so yeah. well done, and you know, it really captures like the absurdness of a artist like uh, Dolly because like Dolly was apparently also like a kind of like a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, and this movie captured that type of attitude very well. Uh, very funny scenes, like especially the opening with the hallway. I loved. Uh, yeah, a big recommendation for content, uh, content fans and just general comedic fans as well. Uh, it's a very short movie too, seventy-seven minutes or something like that. So yeah, go watch it. Uh the next one <sighs> is uh, the final movie uh, of. I'm so uh... so sad, man. Yeah, yeah, William Friedkin. Um, and it's a quite simple one with uh, the way it, it is staged and filmed. Um, and it's essentially it could just be like a play, right? We talked about this as well. It is yeah. basically just conversations. It is, it is in also a based on a play, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, like the, of the King Mutiny. I do think it's kind of based on the books and the movies that I've gotten onto it. Uh, but yeah, it's Friedkin's latest. I'm very sad to see. It's also Lance Reddick's uh, latest, which, you know, the movie started with an opening quote uh, of Friedkin. Everyone clapped for it. The movie ends with uh, Lance, uh, dedication yeah. to Lance Reddick. Yeah. Everyone cried. I almost cried. Uh, I, I, I kept it in, but I could have cried. Good for you. Um, yeah, now the King Meeting Court Marshal. Look, it's a very confident trial movie. Any other director would probably like intercut it with uh, footage of the actual events. But, you know, Friedkin says, no, I'm keeping it inside this courtroom. I'm going to deliver it with confidence. It's his last movie. He also like kind of co-directed it with Guillermo del Toro because they mm. didn't want to ensure the movie with Friedkin only because uh, I do think he knew his time was almost up. 
Uh, and again, people, please, can we give the K-Mutiny Court Martial like a theatrical release because uh, apparently yeah. it's getting dumped on a streaming service and I'm yeah. like, no way, like a director as great as freaking gets treated like this. But I really love it. For the people who wanted uh, more of Jason Clark as a lawyer after yeah, Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer yeah, you, yeah. you get it in this movie, which I wanted it, I got it, and I'm content with it. Yeah, uh, he, it was great. Yeah, it was it's, great. It's, it's one of his his best performances. I'm just seeing on Letterboxd that for some reason it has the genre tag of TV movie, which is a bit oh. insulting, if I'm being honest. Yeah, it's um, insulting as hell. But it it is aesthetically, especially in the opening, very much a TV yeah. movie. Uh, the way it looks, it's not. I would say it, it doesn't look great, but then it kind of makes sense for the style that it's going for, and I didn't mind it. It was just like the opening parts where, uh, yeah, it, it just looked very flat. Uh, but it's um dialogue based, you know, because it's the court. Um, if you can stomach court stuff because uh, of because of the formality that is in there, uh. Somehow, Fritkin manages to, to make that like really engaging. It's one of the best uh, court films I've seen in a long time. Um, and yeah, I can. I feel like it also shines in all of the performances. There's like a really long uh, Kiefer Sutherland uh, monologue that is, oh my god, it's so good. Uh, like, so good. <laughs> it is incredible what he what he manages to to deliver there. And um, yeah, I. I didn't really like uh, where it ends up. You liked it more. Um, yeah, I definitely I need to rewatch it. Maybe I'm coming off of it differently, but it, it to me was like a bit too much pro siding with sides that that I like for you. For you, it was agree, too idiotic, right? It it, it like, was. I do have a I, I do have a t kind of tendency to like push everything away that even tries to be patriotic. Uh, but yeah, maybe in this in this story it did make sense it didn't really that wasn't something that came through to for me for like through the runtime of the story it was made more about proving something um, and it became more than just proving something but actually like the i don't know about respect as well and i was like yeah i don't know if I maybe, that maybe in retrospect you like it more exactly i'll definitely be re-watching it a whole bunch of these films because they are crammed into we haven't said this yet but on on average you know we end up averaging almost like six movies a day if you uh, basically six movies a day only like the last and the first day we watched like five it, it was only because of the, the, the mini series yeah. which i would consider just two movies if you yeah, yeah. if it's like the f five hour long thing and then it's basically apart from the days that i had to skip board the one movie i i ended up missing yeah. um is that yeah, we, we are watching six movies a day. It, it does get exhausting. And at some point, you, you uh, it's really hard to take in all of these different things. Um, yeah. But I feel like still, like, it's one of the festivals where I managed to, to do most of what it was, yeah, w w what I wanted yeah. to, like, catch here. But uh, anyways, Making Off, another French film about filmmaking. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep it simple here. I quite liked it if you like films about I mean, we both liked it very much, right? We yep. both thought it was hilarious. It's about, uh, you know, the, the shooting of a movie where the producer is not even there for most of it. It's like avoiding the actual uh, production of the movie at uh, the producer, which is like hilarious as hell. The main actor wants to kind of take, you know, give him all the, the he wants to keep the spotlight on him. Uh, the director is just having constant panic attacks. And 
you got a behind the scenes guy who is doing the making of and he's like even like making his own film of the making of and like it's such a funny movie it's, yeah uh yeah it's it's very well done too because like it does mix it with like the the story uh, of the movie mixes as well with the story of the movie inside the movie mm-hmm. so uh it, it's very well done very well made uh it, it's kind of hilarious uh, yeah, yeah. I, I loved it. E- uh, for me, like I said, easy recommendation for that one. If you like uh, yeah. movies about movies, I think it's one of the better ones we've gotten um, recently. And then, oh my God, we have arrived. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the next movie. <laughs> we have arrived at Agro Drift. Uh, <laughs> the movie that's already completely on X on, on Twitter, if you, uh, I, I think, I, I've never like, looked it up, but yeah. apparently well, someone filmed the entire thing in a in a. I didn't see the guy. Like parts of it, parts of it, yeah. Oh, parts of it. But okay. we both can agree, Agro Drift <laughs> is in a category of its own. Yeah. Uh, of this film festival, like it's in a category of its own. Uh, like to be fair, like Agro would... Drift, it's like you know, considering it in the Fast and Furious franchise, it would be too fast and too furious. <laughs> like, I, just, I, I don't know, I don't know. I. It gives, we we yeah. did think this movie would have the most walkouts because there were like a lot of walkouts like people were not <laughs> vibing with it they were walking out yeah. after like three minutes already they were like is this gonna be the movie hell nah i'm out uh and but it, like a lot it, of it people was say, i think by the amount uh probably was still the biggest walkouts yeah but there were a bunch really a lot of people who ended up staying and there's 1.2k on letterbox that have locked it but there was another smaller film that was basically like an essay film that was really bad where we ended up walking yeah. out the first one that, that you ever walked out uh, in yeah. a movie and um uh, i think that one by the end of it probably had like a third or fourth left of the people who were initially yeah. in that screening, and it wasn't the case for Agrodev, but it, it like infrared movie uh, that's um, <laughs> I, I don't know what the story even is, uh, but it's about I mean, the like, story is about the greatest assassin in the world. He's dropping bodies, he's dropping souls. There is a thick ass woman in F infrared twerking for most of the movie. Uh, sometimes you get like the movie mixes it with uh, kind of like robotic. I don't know if it's AI, but like kind of like um, mechanical looking robot. You got a guy who is like trusting uh, in underwear. Uh, it's, it's, <clears throat> it's a movie yeah. you have to see one time and then never again in your life. But you do have to experience it. It's I like don't true, agree. It is a nah. It's, it's an acid trip. Like it is. Like I thought it is like. Uh, I thought like uh, Gaspar Noé's uh, climax, like that was the definition of an acid trip. Now nah, this movie is the definition of an acid trip for me, right at this moment. I, I feel like uh, it is I feel crazy. Like you you die, you you die if you if you watch this on any <laughs> sort of drug because it's like it's also the way it was mixed. The whole like thing was like piercing in our ears. <laughs> it was clearly mixed too loudly for the theater, but they didn't adjust anything. And I guess it was ultimately <laughs> intentioned to hurt you physically. Uh, like I had a ringing in my ears coming out of this fe- uh, the showing. And my eyes, my eyes were legitimately <laughs> burning at one point. Um, so it, it does live up to the its craziness, but it's like, it, it does. It, it's, it's and also like the 
we have to say like Korine, how many Korine like walks around in the crazy mask that uh, <laughs> yeah. is in the movie? Was in the press it's... screening with like the, the like the mask, and like, yeah, uh, <laughs> the dedication like, was there. It lives up to its reputation. I will say that, yeah. but the reputation is established so far. It lives up to it. Uh, yeah. So if you want to live that experience, go watch it. If not, I mean, it's a great, crazy movie. <laughs> Anyways, speaking of uh, expectations, uh, probably my well, a filmmaker that has made some of my favorite films of all time, my favorite trilogy of all time, Richard Linklater had a new film uh, starring Glenn Powell uh, in the lead role called Hitman, which I went into looking at is some of his, his latest films, uh, like a Apollo 10 and a half or where did, where did you go Bernadette? Maybe with like still liking it, you know, ultimately, but going in with lower expectations. And this one really blew me away in what it was able to do. It was probably the funniest movie of the festival. Saying that having poor things in the lineup is kind of crazy because that movie was uh, incredibly entertaining. But I, I loved it from beginning to end. Um, I don't know how it will hit with people who uh, kind of know how good it is going into it. Um, but I was so surprised. I had an audience that was feeling it. They, the guy next to me was laughing at more jokes that were than, than were in the, in the movie. I you know he loved it, stuff that were, weren't even jokes. He was really having a good time, which made me have a good time as well. Uh, and yeah, well, yeah. the thing is, we I got watched nothing it bad in different screenings. It. Yeah. We watched it in different screenings. Like, I saw it first. Uh, and then you saw it after Yeah, because I watched Hokage, and Shadow of Fire first, the really heavy film, and then I went into a comedy, which was the perfect evening for me. Yeah, that was a perfect evening for you, and it was honestly kind of the the perfect movie for me too, Hitman. You know, you, you know it had, must be said, Glenn Powell, because he actually wrote this movie alongside Linklater, I believe, too. Yeah. Um, he's really, really good, you know? Like, Easiest, he, best role. This, this is, this, yeah. I'm going to say it, this might be my favorite male performance of the year and there's been some great ones i just like i was so vibing with him um uh, then why the, didn't you give him the prize <laughs> i i i because because i can already see the hypocrisy in it because it's like you know the mats mickelson gives a more media performance this is more yeah, comedic yeah, we tend to reward these less but he's he's great in it uh and the movie does have Amazing. its downsides uh, a bit maybe in the romance side of it but i was in it because it's essentially I feel like it, it relies on two hot people getting together because they're hot. And if if anything has proven that before with me, that's like, I'm I'm down for that. I don't have anything against that. I mean, you were in love with Adia Ariona. So. <laughs> My God. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, shut me up, shut me up. I'll, I won't say good things. I won't say good things that should be on the internet. But my God. My yeah, the, the fucking only thing God. That, the only thing that for me was, uh, you know, they were hamming up the romance quite a bit. Yeah. I was like, oh no. Is well, this give me a, give me a, be? I'm vegan, but give me that, give me a slice of that ham, man. Uh, oh, okay, man. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, but they were hamming it quite a bit up in the romance section, but then they quietly diverted from that. There's a lot of twists, a lot of genres getting mixed. Uh, I really, really, really loved it, as did Ewan. He liked it, was his favorite. Uh, Porting was my favorite. Yeah. So, you know what the two funniest movies of the festival were? Then we watched uh, Snow Leopard, which I believe. Wait, are you skipping over also... the Polanski film? I mean, you can. I'm, I'm down oh. for that. 
We can skip uh, over yeah. the other funny film. Oh, wait, yeah. The, the Palace, a uh, very booming film. Yeah, uh, unfunny. My, I work in this for some reason. Uh, he's, he's blonde, he's tan. Um, yeah. I, I don't care. It, it's just, just a bad movie overall. Uh, but it's it, it tries to go for humor. I don't think I, I laughed a single time oh. other than like how bad it was. Uh, none of the jokes were funny. Also, um, only only Polanski would put Russians into his movies uh, yeah. at this stage. Um, they were, uh, like, fucking ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Enough. Yeah. Skip it? Skip it? Yeah, yeah for skip sure, it. skip it. It's the hardest skip, skip I've uh, done in a long time. Uh, <laughs> Snow Leopard. Uh, well, then we also watched Snow Leopard, which I believe is the last film of the director, Pemat Seden. Uh, oh, it is. I... Yeah, uh, apparently he, he died. Um, I know, what a shitty film to go out on. I'm sorry, but... <laughs> Wait, did he die or not? Oh, shit. Not I don't know look up. he died. I'm not saying that. If, if he died. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. He, he died. Okay, he died. I'm, so, he died. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But yeah. Imagine I, I was talking about somewhere. I, I, well, I was shit-talking the film already because I didn't like it at all. I'm, so, I'm sorry. It's uh, just like... I, I actually really quite like the landscape. Again, like I'm a I'm a sucker for good landscapes. I did think this movie had good landscape. Yeah. I uh, the movie about the snow leopard, which I thought the CGI of the snow leopard was actually also quite done because it could have looked quite cheap, but it didn't. It, yeah. Uh, I I did walk out of this movie, uh, but only for the reason of catching another film. So I missed like only like the last twenty minutes. Yeah, I was so jealous um, that you got to walk out. Uh, and I had to finish but, it so I can talk about it here in its full entirety. Yeah, what were your thoughts, though? I, I gave it a one out of five. I thought it was incredibly annoying, repetitive. It didn't look good in the CGI. I don't know what the point of the story was. Um, it's just like a bad movie. I don't know. I, I the poster poster is probably the best thing I've seen seen all year. <laughs> the, I will say there is one guy who like told the, uh, there's like the brother and you got the father. Uh, and the brother, who's like, you know, he's like really hamming it up. He's like, and I want another. Like, it's like really screaming. Yeah. And you can either be with it or you can be against it. And I think Ewan was against it, but I actually. Well, it's also like, like mixed so loudly again. Like I don't know what it was in Venice, but some of the uh, speakers, um, it's sometimes like even blew them out a bit. Uh, it was too loud, and well, it's just like unpleasant to hear that. In addition to an unpleasant moment. Um, so it just I, I, I can't judge I can't judge with audio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, judge. that that is fair. I mean, t for that, I think it, it the the festival is really accessible because it always offers um, English subtitles for everything. Um, yeah, and I don't think ah. that any other festival does that. There's even show like a whole theater section in Cannes in the different town that you go to the IMAX theater that doesn't even have English subtitles. They just have the French ones that are like embedded on uh, the hard coded onto the film. So only if you speak French, you can go see see those films. Oh wow! Yeah. So yeah, a bit less accessible, which you don't need for the next movie you're talking about, the uh, uh, Rizuchi Sakamoto film. Um, the composer that comp uh, that recently passed away earlier this year uh, had a, an opus, a magnum opus recording, um, basically uh, showcasing a bunch of his uh, most famous and acclaimed scores in this. Um, I wouldn't say unbroken, but it's simu sim uh, simulated in an unbroken way where uh, he sometimes even resets. And it's so simple in him just playing the piano. And that's all this movie is. And I feel like it's a complete vibe. 
Uh, I adored it. He's right. I mean, you close your eyes. Yes, exactly. I feel like that's how it's supposed to be experienced because the, the visuals are just like something to go alongside it. And the movies, uh, like the scores that he plays are always alongside a movie that he that he made the score for. So you can either like picture, I guess, the movie as he's playing it or like see him play it or like the dedication. But I was sometimes just like in my own thoughts with what it, it, it su suggests through uh, the music that he plays. And it was one of the films where I was able to like relax a bunch and i i loved it for that um it's, it's something i mean yeah, nice to put you know on. the the movie starts off right he, he's playing a track and the only thing you see is his back oh uh, uh, yeah which for, like, for like which 10 like minutes really, right it's yeah the time so until like, we actually see him but if not more not more for like five but like it does go to show like he like it's him saying look here here i am but it's not about me it's about the music I'm gonna play on this piano, uh, and he's like. Also, I really like the fact that in the movie, uh, at a certain point, um, he like stops and like he's a bit in pain. He like at some point he also says like I I, I want to redo this yeah. one again. Like I need a break mm. or like I want to do this again, which also like again like shows his perfectionist side. It shows his human side and. You know, it's. I really, really loved it. I gave it like four and a half out of five. Mm. Uh, I truly, truly loved this. But um, ranked it a bit I, lower, right? Because it's it's hard to rank it amongst the, yeah, the narrative. Yeah, like again, it's a bit, stuff. it's a bit of a in the categories of its own, much like Agudris, but this one more in the in the musical <laughs> performance side. <laughs> Completely say. different side of the spectrum. Com one nah, of them is so yeah. unpleasant. The other one's like the most pleasant <laughs> thing I've seen all year. <laughs> But yeah, um, I actually downloaded an album of his on the yep. way, on the flight back. So like it was a co complete vibe uh, and just an ode to a great compon com uh, compon com compon composer. Yeah. Component. <laughs> Component. Compass. Uh, Compass. Uh, composer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely great. Then the, the next movie, we already touched on it, Amour. Oh, shit. Uh, oh, we walked no. out of this one. Um, it was very slow. It was very repetitive. Didn't have anything to say. It was like a love letter to a mom who passed away, which I don't even know to this point. I think she killed herself. Uh, and then um, it feels insensitive to talk about it like this bluntly, but it was just, oh, my God. It, like, I, you got me to not care about your dead mother. And that's that's... <laughs> That's oh crazy. My God. That's, that's a wild thing to say. Oh my God. That's a crazy <laughs> thing like to do. Uh, and it's unfortunate. It does feel very much like a student project film <laughs> that somehow got into uh, Venice. And I don't know why. Uh, a lot of water. I mean, if you got to go to the toilet, this is the worst movie to watch. So people said this... it was great to fall asleep to. The, the water noises yeah. were calming to them. Um, I mean, do yeah. we want to do, do do we want to save Bokenbarger for this one or not? Uh, well, you, you, no one would have known unless you said it. You just said it uh, now. Then, then, then you'll skip it. Uh, then you cut out um, this bit. But uh, no. also, I I described this movie right. Amor, it's a movie we walked out of. Uh, the only movie we walked out of uh, willingly. Uh, and I said this is a film made by Chantal Ackerman wannabe who tries to make a Roman news from home. Starring a driving hazard who is driving so slow, trucks are overtaking her at some point. <laughs> and again, like ratio wise, it is the uh, most walkout. Like this movie did have more walkouts than Agro Drift if you take it in, like, you know, like how many people were there and how many people were 
still there at the end. Um, yeah, there's also yeah, absolutely only awesome 112 movie. people who've logged this so far on Letterboxd. <laughs> and the most, the biggest rating it's gotten is a one star. Uh, so uh, not not like the highest rated rating it's gotten. It's got no five stars. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> Which any movie usually has that, but yeah. Uh, then finally, yeah. we watched a documentary called Hollywood Gate. Uh, Which honestly, uh, Hollywood Gate is kind of a great comedy. Yeah. Um, I I describe it that way. Like, uh, I think I called it the best comedy of the fi fi film festival so far. Before we saw Poor Things and uh, Hitman, because you know, uh, so it's about this documentary maker, this guy who went to uh, Afghanistan with uh, like just a camera and uh, a sound guy and he got permission from the Taliban to you know film them uh, the workings of the Taliban and yeah uh, so in the at the beginning of the movie he says here's what the Taliban wanted to see and here's a mix of what I wanted to show you so he mixes those two perspectives and gets some absolute absurd things that are happening at some point someone's uh taliban guy says what's 67 times 100 and i'm like they, they're a discussing a people. minute a room full of yeah, people and a room there. full of people and they're like uh <laughs> <laughs> also like there's just like uh, at some point a guy throws a, a water <laughs> bottle on the ground and he says like pick that up no, pick it pick it up it looks bad in the film <laughs> but he just did yeah. it in <laughs> And also, like, uh, oh yeah, don't show, uh, don't film the helicopters yet. But mm -hmm. because they're like an abysmal state, and he only always he only wants to see them when they're like ready. Uh, so yeah, like it is a bit of an uh, absurd movie because like it does show how ridiculous they are. But at some point, they they also show how frightening it is because yeah, you know, you do see the things that got left by the Americans and the things that the Taliban could do with it. So it's quite did they always like talk very nonchalantly about like the stuff that they are doing to be in power and yeah. those they very like like uh undiscreetly like uh leave out. They're obviously not allowed to film that. But then when they're back at home and talking like to uh, openly in front of their children they're very yeah. blunt and it kind of comes through how ruthless uh these people are um and i it, mean they're literally gaslighting so yeah yeah uh so i i don't know i, I feel like the it's it's hard to make a movie like this but i felt like the the framework of it was very limited and i feel like that was the the yeah. weakest part of it but you can't which really fault also makes that sense much. because yeah yeah which also makes sense because the filmmaker gets restricted so again, like much like um, what's the other movie? Uh, Priscilla again. Like they have to, they have a certain playground. They get put in a certain playground. They yeah. can only do so much with it, and that again carries throughout the film here. But it is very. I I would recommend this one. I don't know if you would recommend this one. Um, no, I gave it like a two and a half out of five. I feel like it's like I don't know. I don't. Okay. I don't think it's a must see. I think it's it's all right. But yeah, the the biggest. Uh, film we missed out of out of competition was the film that premiered uh on the last day society of the Bayona. snow uh yeah the Bayona film um it will be on netflix sooner than later but we yeah we can't really say anything but the reception has I been overall pretty positive um it's yeah in december yeah it's gonna it's gonna take a bit uh not as close as el conde but um yeah we had to go at one point and it was that day where that movie played so we couldn't fit it in 
Um, but that's all of it in out of competition, and we are so over two hours. This is for certainly gonna be the oh longest episode of the podcast ever, and this is not gonna be on our regular release date schedule. I can already tell you, if you're watching this later on. Um, we have arrived at the <laughs> two last sections, which are a bit shorter, so we should get through them a bit uh, quicker. But uh, Horizonte Horizons supposed to give a uh, highlight on some of the um, smaller films premiering here. We ended up catching everything but three in this category as well, which, by the way, goes which to show we caught everything in competition. We caught most of our competition there. We got like a couple of documentaries. There's like mini series. There's a movie that's like, I don't know, like four and a half hours long that we didn't catch, like stuff like that, special stuff that you are going to miss. You can't fit them in. But in Horizonte as well, we caught most of it. And also in Horizonte Extra, we only missed three of the films. So we really fully covered this festival. Um, so hopefully we'll be invited back because uh, this, this is very extensive, as you can see by the runtime of this video as well. But uh, <laughs> a, a cielo a, abierto. Um, my Spanish so, is so horrible. What, what did you... Uh... What do you think of the lead in uh, Asilo Abierto? I still don't know how old she is. I'm not going to comment on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she had, I will she say, had, she had pretty eyes. Um, uh, yeah. Also, uh, Step Bro. <laughs> <laughs> step Bro, no. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you I, like this one more than I, I, I like this one quite a bit. I, I feel like it, it's like a road trip movie, but as a, uh, there's been an accident, someone was at fault uh they missed uh, they they lost their, their parent and now they're kind of on a trip of revenge but also self-discovery but also dealing with the grief and it gets messy it's not as clean it's very coming of age so a lot of these emotions clash and they don't know what the fuck they're doing and i really didn't like that they they are like um contradicting themselves at every step of the way it doesn't try to be like super edgy or trying to like really appeal to a younger audience. It's a very adult look at teenagers who are going through something traumatic. I feel like it's very solid work uh, and it's one of the best out of this Horizonte section and uh, one of my highlights. It's definitely, I think it's my second favorite out of the whole, or the third I, favorite. I think it was, I think it was fine. Uh, I, uh, it's definitely like a decent road trip movie. It's a bit, also, it's a bit, it's a bit sus it's a bit at long. some points. It's a bit long too. Yeah. Uh, and again, I feel just feel bad for the actor, um, yeah, because, the, uh, yeah, Sadilo, mm -hmm. because like he keeps getting uh pointed at with a gun, and it's really sad to see him as an actor getting constantly put it, uh, pointed at okay. it. So, <laughs> <laughs> if you watch the car, you, you Dude, know, two hours into or oh, two and a half hours into this fucking thing. You don't have much to say, like, yeah, I don't like when the guy gets a gun pointed at him, like that kind of sucks. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> three out of five <laughs> uh, all right the next one is uh someone well talk about swallowing being swallowed up by your mother uh el paraiso oh like what wait, the, the <laughs> what other way around <laughs> uh no i, I can't i can't really and I'll, I'll leave that in but it's just going to be very confusing for people who haven't seen it um but yeah, uh, this one, I think, got one of the awards as well, if I'm not mistaken. It, it won, I believe, two awards. Uh, it won Best Actress. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, For the Mother. And it won Best Screenplay. Yeah, it won Best Screenplay uh, in the Horizonte. By the way, best... we didn't fully agree with the Horizonte winners. 
Um, uh, the horizontal ones were horrible. Which yeah, they were horrible. Like eighty oh percent God. of them were trash. One, the only thing. Uh, that, okay, let's let's quickly go through them. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about the films then in a second when we get to them. But yeah, uh, yeah. best film went to Explanation for Everything, which I thought wasn't a good film. You liked it a bit more than I did. Yeah. The only yeah. award I agree with is best director. Uh, like I, yeah. I'm okay with Agreed. Paradise is Burning. Uh, Swedish film uh, Coming of Age, uh, quite good. Uh, Mika Gustafsson won that. Um, the special <laughs> jury prize <laughs> went to my least favorite film of the festival. Uh, and then the Sunday, which was a dark trash piece of shit movie, Italian, by the way. And uh, the, the the director and I have a personal connection, which we'll get to at the very end with our stories. Yeah. Uh, and then best actress, uh, El Paraiso. Uh, and then um, best actor. Best actor was in a film we didn't see. We didn't see. So yes. we missed that. And best screenplay. screenplay went to El Paraiso. Which, which I also disagree with because it would have should have gone to Hokage, I mean, Shadow yeah, of Fire. But, I, but out of all the categories, I can't be fully mad about El Paraiso getting screenplay. It like does make sense uh, because it is a yeah. story that is uh, part Italian because most of it does take part place. Part Italian, part Colombian. Exactly. Uh, the, the so it's like two languages very... and they do love to give the award of screenplay to something that deals with like uh two languages you know we've seen it most recently with drive my car uh audiences and yeah. not audiences but especially juries kind of tend to like that stuff quite a bit but i really like the main lead in uh el paraiso i think yeah uh i i really like the story honestly i think it's on overall i think el paraiso is uh, a good movie it's be one of it the is, better yeah. italian movies uh yeah very good overall uh don't have much to say about it yeah overall. Uh, it runs crazy a bit too twist, long crazy again. twist it, 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 <laughs> big twist yeah uh twisting twisting all the way um all right let's not comment on that the next one is oh my god this one was so bizarre behind the mountains which was uh, a film I, I don't want to talk about it too much because it was it was it was just bad uh about a man who uh is like nah, i loved it He's <laughs> like flying, um, and he can he can fly, and this is his ideology, <laughs> and no one understands him, and he's a very silent protagonist, uh, because he just kind of flops around and uh, basically falls to his death, but then doesn't die because because he can fly. That's the logic. Yeah, but so I kind of love this movie. But you, you didn't said, and I get it. Yeah, you said it for the wrong intentions. You were basically laughing at the movie and had like a good time with it. Is that? Yeah, I was quite having a good time with it. Which was not the director's intention because I kind of stayed for the Q&A to like kind of see what the director's intentions were. They totally did not match my uh, like my experience of the movie. Uh, like it's a guy who can fly, you know, but the thing is he, he like crash lands three times and is still hell bent on doing it. So I think he's the best suicidal father figure I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah. uh, but the movie does turn into a bit of a a, a house invasion movie at the second yeah. part, which uh, also there's a guy who talks to his dog, like, not, like another trend for this film festival. Right. Uh, people talking to dogs. It's a dog doing um, it. Yeah. yeah. But I, I really like... Uh, I really liked this movie because I thought it was quite comedically quite funny, but I do know that not everyone thinks about this movie that way, but I still had a hell of a fun time. All right. Uh, the next one was a, a very slow film uh, called The Red Suitcase. Uh, but one of the shortest films to you. Oh, yeah, it was. <laughs> it just felt so long. Um, it, it 
took his time. I, yeah. I feel like this this one's fine. We both gave it like a, a five out of ten. Um, and it basically tells like this this kind of split story uh, in different timelines, but portrays them in the same time. Uh, so you get like the impact at the end, and it's ultimately concludes in this like red red suitcase thing. Uh, I thought it was going into a more like thriller route, but it was essentially just like a uh, in in, a, in parts like political drama. Uh, yeah, and a bit of, a bit of an escape thriller at yeah. some point, like you know, because like it does talk about a guy who's like, so the guy in the movie drives corpses towards their original home. Uh, which is a really sad uh, subject, really. And also the future of Nepal, uh, the way they talk about it, the way they don't have really, they don't really have any hope for their uh, country in the future is a really sad point to see. Yeah. But it does get meddled in this really slow movie. Oh, yeah. You know, like people talk absurdly, take absurdly long pauses. So it's like okay, really it is like... testing your patience, and it's it's hard yeah. to say because it's like it it feels impactful of what it's ultimately going for, uh, but it tests your nerves more than it is your like it tests your your pa patience with your empathy, um, yeah. and I don't I don't love that because ultimately I just want a good movie that can do both, yeah, uh, or it doesn't need to rely on me being patient, um, as much because I'm a zoomer. <laughs> <laughs> there uh yeah but it's uh i think it's 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 all right just m the story itself more than the movie is but uh yeah uh, pretty much the other way around i would say is for paris is burning um i feel like that's a story that we've seen before uh coming of age it's a story that done before but i really liked it again we both uh agreed that this was like one of the better directed movies, we would have given it to other movies, but we're not. Yeah, you know why? This one getting best director. Because oh, why? Uh, directing children is always very hard to do to actually get good performances True. out of them. Um, I the, mean, you hated one of them. The youngest, I, I didn't love, but the like the the older two, I think, are, are really solid. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I like the energy it's going for. It's uh, yeah, it doesn't try to sugarcoat stuff. Uh, it's a bit edgy, you know. Edgy, uh, it is, but you know what? I kind of want to segue this movie with uh, Gasoline Rainbow, sure, because you know, uh, because like it is kind of a bit two sides of the same coin. You know, we got children who are who don't have a parent figure at the moment and are just like mm -hmm. a bit stuck in their town, uh -huh. but in paradise is burning. Uh, you know, the children stay in their town, they try to um, you know, have fun with the environment they're in, yeah, and then you got Gasoline Rainbow, which is about kids. Uh, escaping their dull town uh it's a, and we think it the crowd been a, went a bit crazy for it because it's also yeah. like a movie movie uh yeah and an american movie one of the rare ones in horizontal yeah we didn't like it this one we we didn't much. like I, it i even i even like it less than you i like surprising i i uh yeah you liked it less than me i had some oh, sort don't of say, don't say I'm not gonna say, say. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say it, of course, because I've been okay. So since this movie, there's like there's a bunch of uh, repeated voice lines in Agro Drift, right? <laughs> that they go through this like, ooh yeah, guy, like that does the thrusting. <laughs> and in this one, they do the same thing of like one girl who I just simply describe as the dead ass girl, because she like <laughs> in every other sentence she says, she's like, yeah, no, I like I fucking yeah, like it's dead ass, kind of mid, like fuck. 
and shit. Like it's a fucking shit. Like fuck. And My that's the whole movie. Bet. It's like yeah. it's going for hey, we're capturing something raw because all of these people who are in the film are not actors. Uh, so you capture something raw in them. It's maybe even improvised, conversational. Um, but it's just like a bunch of annoying people to listen to when it's there's nothing that is fabricated or like kind of guided because uh, a lot of it is very empty when they try to go deep, man. Like they go, they go yeah, deep, yeah. like dead ass. And it's, <laughs> I hate it, I, I've been I hate annoying him uh, by saying dead ass all, like the entire festival. And for that, I like I'm I'm liking it more than you. Just to continue annoying <laughs> no, Kevin. Because oh the pleasure I've gotten out of annoying Kevin is uh, is ultimately like a net positive that this movie has given me. Although the ultimate ultimate story does like we 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 think the road trip part was actually good, but then they they kind of lose yeah. their car pretty early on, and then it just drags. Like and then they 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 hang out with like really weird people and yeah, then and it's like, just about that. Honestly, like, at some point, jump from weird it feels a bit like a, uh, do you watch Yes TV? Uh, I've seen because yes at some before, point, yeah. because at some point it does feel a bit like a yes theory, yes theory video, yeah. but like without any of the substance, like it's so. It took empty. me a long time to have any sort of interest in our lead yeah. characters as well because I couldn't really distinguish them off their background, and they don't really do a good job of bringing that up as well. Uh, but yeah. by the time you spend, like the time you spent with them, at some point you do get kind of because they are very much like open people so they end up talking about what they go through but it's uh it's not really that interesting um no to be honest. like the only thing i think this movie got going is for is a bit interesting music but even then the music is sometimes so loud and yeah like, like da, da, I lose interest. Da, 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 let's go party at the end of the world yeah yeah um all right the next one was uh one of the the couple i think none of the fighting movies have popped up yet right but uh the federal no this is the first one the Fairway is uh, the first sports movie we've seen. It's about this guy. Uh, Willie Pap. Remember his name? Hey yo, Willie Pap me here. Unboxing in the fifties. Oh yeah, Willie Pap. Uh -huh. uh, I I did think this movie was decent. It's it's kind of mixing this fiction and documentary kind of style. Yeah. Uh, which is again like if a movie, if a sports movie for me offers you know something different than the usual underdog story then you ultimately get a bit of a pass for me because you try to offer something a bit more interesting than the generic movies out there but it does stay kind of generic uh in its ex in storytelling mm -hmm. also a bit uh yeah yeah what do you think of it i didn't like it because it no. was uh well i i like i didn't give it a horrible rating because i feel like at the basis there's there's something interesting there but the whole um fake documentary aesthetic uh broke apart like again and again in this film and um like the way that they address the camera the way that they acknowledge it where its place is it's so often called out but doesn't really fit in what they're doing that that just became like a really big distraction to me and then the whole story i didn't really care for that much but it's um also stephen lang is in this movie uh he is yes yeah he, he like sometimes shows up as the coach like you're not good enough like you know it's a bit empty too so i'm like okay uh overall a okay boo movie i give it like a six uh you gave it a five like yeah if you if you want to watch like 
Look, if you want to watch boxing yeah. film, go see this. Yeah. I feel like boxing people are always hungry for some for some content because they. I mean, there's, there's quite a few. I think it's one of the sports that yeah. gets covered the most, but uh, it, this offers something at least different. Which I don't think Day yeah. of the Fight is in the yeah no Day of the Fight is in the next category, no, so we won't get to it yet. Category. You want to talk about the other uh, sports movie though next? Our favorite well, of the category. You, know, you mean your best, the best boys movie? What and, uh, ever? The, oh, <laughs> no. no, like of the film festival, right. of course. <laughs> but uh, I'm kind of biased because I have done judo uh, when I was uh, a kid. Yeah. So uh, I really, really, really loved Tatami. Uh, Tatami is truly, uh, I believe, it's in my like it's in my number ten of the film festival. Mm. I think it's the best of the Horizonte selection. It is. I yeah. truly love this Great. movie. Um, it talks about this uh, Iran judoka uh, uh, who competes in this tournament. She feels good. She wants to go for the gold medal. Her coach is supporting her. But as uh, as the tournament goes on, there is a potential conflict. Uh, she will maybe fight in Israeli fighter, and the Iran government doesn't want that, obviously. Mm. So they tell her, like, I drop out with an injury. She doesn't really want to. The pressure uh, develops and develops as, uh, on the fighter as well on the coach, on the, their families. Uh, it's absolutely a riveting movie. The only flaw in the movie for me is the sports commentary because uh, the sports commentary is a bit meddled with trying to be like a movie commentary and also being yeah. a true to the judo commentary and sometimes they don't mix very well um, uh, yeah. but they do bring up some of the technical aspects of the you know, the, the, the fighting styles they were doing uh, and that aspect is really good and again like the lead and the coach the coach uh, is also like the lead actress from Holy Spider last year yeah she got uh, the award for again, that right best actress in yeah done. Um, I really love this movie. Uh, go see it. I beg. It's a uh, it's a political thriller mixed with a sports movie. And like I've said, if a movie does something else than being on the generic side, I I'll you get a pass for me. But this one goes even above the bar for me. So I really loved it. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I have anything to add to that. I just I just agree. I liked it a tiny bit less than you. Uh, but I you you, you want you want to see your review because you really like your pun. Uh, wait. Did I have? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh wait, wait, wait. Yeah, where, where is it? I, <laughs> I'm so funny. Uh, to judo or not to wait. <laughs> to judo <laughs> or to do not do. That is the question. Because wait, yeah, what do you mean to don't? To to not do. No. Yeah, to judo or to you don't. To not do. No, 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 no. I wrote to not do. Oh. Uh, I, which I don't, I don't know if that's, joke. that's, uh, yeah, that's about the quality you can get on, <laughs> uh, letterbox.com, uh, slash user, <laughs> Uh, next. Uh, let, let, let's get to the next one. Invel, uh, yeah. that was the last movie we watched at the film festival. Uh, it's this animated movie. I think is done with metal plates, the animation. Yeah. Uh, the animation, I really like the story. It's got, like this movie belongs in a museum and its topic in its story is like about this uh, I mean it's a World War Two type of movie it didn't really interest me um, yeah it goes through bit, three different periods yeah. of like children you know you uh, you got the yeah. pre-World War Two you got 
something like during or something like that and then after or something yeah like that. No, after. I, I was really checked out for this film um i yeah. didn't love the aesthetic uh i feel like it it gave me a headache the way it was like flickering um yeah, I, I get i get the appeal uh it's very much a film that makes sense to premiere in italy because it's uh italian, italian. history <laughs> and i just was at this point just mad at the italians so i i, I couldn't really get into this one uh that much but and, and you want to do a turn back next year and you're saying i hate italian so i cool that's fine cool. i can <laughs> look they let polanski in and he's uh he, he clearly loves children so i can hate a bit of italians uh, Hesitation Wound is the next movie. Yes. I'm not gonna lie, I don't remember much of this movie either. <laughs> There's not not a lot going on here. It's very bare no. bones of uh, just the frustrations of oh, getting we did to say, turn up. We did say this movie. This movie is like 84 minutes. It felt like two hours. I remember uh, saying yeah. that. Yeah, like it does take. Two I don't know if time. we need to add much to that. Like it's, no. it's you got the Kane uh, Mutiny court, uh, court Martial. Uh, definitely go check that out if you want something. Yeah. It's like mildly political in parts. It's uh, overall just just a tad bit too slow and boring. Where like it yeah. compared to something that won like a jury prize some or something last year with uh, Alice Diop's uh, what was it called? Um, I'm blanking on the name. Oh, wait, let me, let me. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Uh, Saint no. Omer was uh, was one yeah. of the winners, which was also like very constraint uh slow uh, like camera stuff locked off and bunch of like talking it didn't that capture one was the good. same thing i, I didn't like saint omer as well uh like maybe that. i'm like uh, it needs a bunch to to get me into like a court drama uh here it didn't really uh get me in i also gave yeah. it like a five out of ten like the, the court drama wasn't even the most intriguing part because there's also yeah. like uh they know like they have to make they have a dilemma around their sick mother which was more intriguing than the political Court drama, which uh, yeah. you know, if your main storyline isn't the most interesting one, you got a problem. Uh, yeah, next one, next up, we got Heartless Sim Carasau, uh, which um. was uh, like a coming of age film, kind of also to me a quite forgettable movie. Um, I mean, you liked it more than I did again, so. yeah, but just yeah, yeah, just rating wise, I feel like, um. <laughs> Yeah, a group of teenagers growing up, discovering their own identity, maybe even sexual identity. There's a bunch of whales and a bunch of like uh, imagery that's uh, like, ooh, it's mildly like magical, like out of this world. There, it's very generic like in like, well, you get you get one or two of these at every festival and it doesn't really stand out, unfortunately. There, there's also like a death in the movie that doesn't make any sense. Like, uh, oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, like, like it goes for the shock sense. value, which, by the way, ties yeah. me over perfectly to the fucking next movie. God fucking damn it! Um, <laughs> a one star. I don't know. I didn't give it a half star because it does have some interesting visual, uh, like yeah. narrative storytelling. I just, I, I don't think even it is like maybe a one out of five, as much as I really dislike the story and what it what it stands for, but. Uh, the, the director clearly agrees publicly with me against uh, with disagrees there, uh, but it's a shit movie. I don't like it. It's over dramatizes uh, or I don't know, just like horrible people. Um, just like ah oh, yeah, we're horrible, and you're looking at them. And the director also says, "Well, they're horrible people." 
And it's like, why are we looking at these horrible people, man? I got better things to do. I, c- I could I could watch some Ryoto Sakamoto play the piano for two hours right now. But I'm instead watching <laughs> this piece of shit for almost two hours. And somehow it, get yeah. this, it gets a second price of this festival in Horizonte section. Yeah. It's like, what Insane. is happening? You also didn't like it. You didn't dislike it as no, much as I did. No, so. did, did, no this is the... We, I think this is a movie we both agree is like, you know, bottom three. Like, I think it's your worst. It is. Uh, it is I my worst, the, yeah. I got the Amor movie uh, at the bottom, but yeah, it isn't good. It's boring. They also try to go for the shock value at the end by turning it into a mass shooting thing. Um, yeah, I don't and, get it. It's the most edgy. It's the edgiest thing I've seen since Wrecking like, Boy. <laughs> uh, you know, of like, of, you know, if you want to make it like a teenage trilogy of like Paradise Burning, Gasoline Rainbow and Endless Sunday, Endless Sunday is like the worst and like the other two movies are doing better in that department. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, didn't I like it. Can't recommend. Uh, also, I, f- I think it's funny that it says Kevin fills the city with his name in the description on Letterboxd. I just wanted to call that out. Oh, I don't yeah. remember which one of them was Kevin, but I'm sure he was a piece of shit. It, just it, like was, the, it was a little brat. Oh, the worst one. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, anyways, next up, uh, the the main winner of the section, explanation winner, for every, yeah. everything. Um, Budapest, a uh, student who's a bit of a dummy uh fails to struggle uh, struggles to focus in his final exam and um ultimately makes it like a political thing i wasn't really aware of how the, like important the cultural and political stuff in this movie is but it becomes the forefront of it uh all based on an overblown lie and i guess there was an explanation for everything which is just that the guy is is dumb and he made an impulsive decision uh, this movie left me really cold. You liked it quite a bit more than I did, so maybe you can, you can. Well, yeah, on. I know it's. Uh, it talks a bit about the political divide, uh, divisiveness uh, in Hungary, which I thought was the, you know, because you no, know, everywhere countries are divided, you know, a bit worldwide, everywhere. So when they dive into that aspect, because the reason uh, this guy uh, didn't pass on his test was because he was wearing a Hungarian. Uh, sign or pin on his uh, suit and that uh, usually you claims the whole debate yeah uh, and I thought that uh, family perspective between the teacher because they, they do play with time you know got Monday you got there are different days you got different perspectives you got the teacher's perspective you got the parents perspective you got the student's perspective and I thought it was all mixed well uh, I just didn't think anything excelled so that's why I you know, didn't love it, but I did really like it, especially one conversation between the parent and the teacher. Uh, I about you know like the political oh, state the of one their at country. Home? Yeah, 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 yeah. That I think was like more the of meat that. I would have loved movie. to have gotten like, more of that. Yeah, more context more as well, because I, for me, I was I was lacking that context a bit, and for a movie about a student who's too dumb too dumb to understand stuff. Please make me the dumb student and explain me some stuff. I would love to know it. And I just was like, I didn't have that going in. So even if you want to see this film, maybe read up on the history uh, of uh, Hungary a bit more. And then it might be a a more fulfilling experience. And it's also two and a half hours long. It's definitely like one of those, like if you're good, then it doesn't matter how long your movie is. If you're just kind of all right-ish, then you need to trim it down to make it like, better you know 
And so. if you want to segue to another movie about a, you know, yeah. a teenage boy uh, uh, who's like struggling with uh, school and yeah, uh, youth uh, or dormitory. Uh, here, I... yeah, here on the other side, I kind of liked how little we got of the explanation because uh, it's also something that he has to go through discovering his own identity and how he's viewed by other people because he goes to this most uh, or different um, religion-based uh, school that's an all-boys school. Um, I'm not even too familiar with... No, like, no, no, the dormitory is all school, right? Uh, it goes to a different school. Um, oh, yeah, go, no, yeah, so, yeah like sorry, sorry, yeah, school. he goes to a dormitory, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, the school he goes to is still, like, mixed with everyone else's. It's a Turkish movie, uh, and um, it, it leaves me interested to read more about this stuff. Um, yeah. Although, I feel like it also, like... It, it, it didn't give me a complete picture, maybe something that I wanted. It's also another one that's two hours long, but feels uh, it feels two hours. And you tend to think about the time, like how much time you've got left in the film. It's like that type of experience, uh, at least for me. Uh, but what, what did you... Uh, I, I, uh, I Like you get snippets of the political uh, turmoil that's going on in the background. And I would have liked uh him discovering that more uh because yeah. like at one point they turn on the tv and they see it and i'm like oh oh you know like you you, you think the the boys want to know more about that specifically but no uh there's more of um uh of the headmaster of the dormitory and the student yeah we get more of the, they're, they're like a bit they're headbutting on a lot of things on how he acts so you got no. You got that whole toxic environment uh, going around. So there were like a, there's a lot happening in this movie. You know, you got the uh, father relationship. You got the headbutting with the headmaster. You got the school going on. You got the you know the family expectations. Kind of a, like a bro dynamic with like his best friend. Yeah. At the dormitory. Which at uh, one point is really the central focus of the story. Yeah. And it kind of goes but, in and out of that and arrives there again at the ending. Um, but it's juggling a lot of things. And I think that's where it loses. It, yeah. And it doesn't stru- like uh, kind of uh, juggle them in a way where it's it's like adding to the main character being overwhelmed by them as well, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. It's just like a lot of thematic stuff that it tries to pack into the film, not thematic stuff that it puts uh onto the viewer through the character but just like uh the circumstances around it um but yeah lastly i the last movie yeah, another yeah. highlight from well not lastly lastly we do have another tiny section after this but uh hulk yeah. shadow of fire something that you were really anticipating so i'm gonna uh let you i saw it away. twice <laughs> you did see it twice yeah yeah maybe why you can tell the people um because uh so i watched uh shadow of fire or Hokage after hitman but it was in the a Wait. theater called yeah. sala Passanetti, mm-hmm. and that experience was so horrible because it's like a small theater under the sala grande like it's like a basement theater it's like kind of where you put the students in of like closet that don't really matter it's where like, polanski was when he when he says he's got to show you <laughs> something <laughs> uh but nah that that my experience was so horrible of that movie and I kind of, due to the whole experience, I didn't vibe with the movie. Even yeah. though I really liked the first 30 minutes, so I was like, I'm, nah, I'm going to rewatch this movie again the next day in the Sala de Sena. Then I also see 
uh, Tsukamoto in person, which yeah. I watched a lot of his films before uh, Venice. I watched uh, Tokyo Fist, which I really liked. Mm. But my first movie of his was Killing, which I loved. So I was like, I want to give this movie another chance. That's why I didn't watch uh, 56 movies instead of 57. Shame. Uh, shame. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know, right? <laughs> but I really, really loved uh, Shadow of Fire or Hokage. Uh, as you want to say, um, yeah, mm. what did you think about it? Because you didn't see anything of this director beforehand. So no, I, didn't I know your thoughts. I first. really wanted to do a bit of preparation going into it. We made like a shared list of what we want to watch and got so busy. I'm still so busy. That's why like this episode is also kind of kind of late. Uh, by the way, um, that I, I didn't I, I didn't get to it. Uh, well, not not your fault at all. It's 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 all on me, Kevin. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it. Uh, but yeah, um, it's great. I think I like uh, a later part of the film a bit more. There's different dynamics that we get to see as main our main kid, the the young kid, uh, tends to uh, kind of shuffle into the forefront of the film. Um, we we mainly see the world around him, him not really through his his lens. At part, we do see it through his lens, and I feel like that's where the movie is the strongest. But it's just like the aftermath in Japan in this uh, yeah in in, in, the, in this town after World War II, and it's just completely destroyed. Um, and you just see like a, the, the hardship that uh, is the ongoing trauma that is going to go through generations. And it's going has been going through generations of hurt, and I feel like it conveys that really powerfully through uh, some captivating eyes of that like young guy who you shot out as one of the best young performances right after festival. And um, yeah, he, he's really good. Uh, I'm a sucker for Japanese stories, even if they're tragic. I, I also said this is like the live action great for the Fireflies, um, and I quite liked it. It made it into my top ten, I think, of the festival. Yeah, I, I believe like even and number seven. Yeah, number seven. Uh, yeah, top seven. I was gonna say six, but then mm. that's probably where memory uh, switching. I do have, but yeah, yeah. No, I I, I really laughed. I I really loved Shadow of Fire. Um, yeah. You know, like as you said, like the hardship that come with it, but you see specifically to a soldier's uh, point of view. You see to yeah. a oh, woman slash that was my favorite. That was my favorite part of it because it felt it felt so raw. It felt so violent, not just like physically, but also mentally. And yeah, it, it, dude, that just it, it really worked well, and it made me like it, after this, he's the filmmaker. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tsukamoto. Uh, Shinya Tsukamoto. Yeah, he's the filmmaker I'm most interested in, like checking out more from, because uh, he he really nailed it. In, I feel like in what it was trying to go for. It's a dev devastating movie to watch. It's it's too much at times for me, um, but yeah. Uh, certainly worth checking out if you can stomach something quite heavy. Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely heavy. Uh, and again, like the the movie kind of starts uh, like a room piece, but yeah. uh, so if you're like hesitant about that, like oh no, yeah, it, it does room, develop. It, uh, yeah. Like it does develop into a bigger story. So don't oh, worry about we we that. were saying we were saying that Holly might have the best ending. I feel like this one also has a really strong ending. Oh yeah, yeah, um, true, true, true. Yeah, I mean, just Hokage and Shadow of uh, Hokage with Shadow of Fire and Holly both have great performances, child performances, and great endings. So yeah, those are really the ones. The, the hidden ones you're not gonna about. hear anyone talk about a bunch. Uh, no. So so if so if you got the chance because I like uh, I asked like uh, some people uh, if if Hokage would get any releases and they say like oh we haven't heard anything before it so like. Mm. 
anyone like please go watch that movie if you can and yeah, oh, if it, it's really like it's if really it plays at any other festivals. It does have a theatrical release date for November twenty eighth in Japan, twenty uh, fifth. Oh, sorry, uh, but yeah, so far I don't think it's getting the it's, boy and the heron yeah. treatment that premiered first in Japan and then worldwide. It's not that type of film, um, but uh, certainly worth seeing as well. All right, we have uh, concluded the horizontal section, at least of the ones it's that done. I've seen. Uh, <laughs> we are at. Still horizontal, but this one's extra. This has a bit of extra yeah. flair in it. Uh, first up, one of the last films we saw, Forever Forever, an Ukrainian film, uh, another uh, coming-of-age teenage film about uh, a mistreated girl uh, from an abusive relationship who has to switch schools, goes into a new one, and is uh, apparently just like in bad surroundings because everyone's an abuser and a dickhead around her. But the movie portrays it in a way where they're like kind of good. At parts, I don't know. I couldn't really make sense of it. I, I mean, didn't I kind of like that ambiguity of. I don't the, think it was ambi ambiguous. It kind of just framed them as like not bad because it like but, I, well, I don't, I don't like know. Maybe I misread it. Uh, also, like there's a love triangle going on. Yeah. Um. You know. Well, the 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 uh, this was this was one of my least liked of the festival. By the way, I liked it less than Agro Drift because <laughs> I feel like oh, it was well. it was very edgy. I mean, and the way that I, it was just like going for sexuality and violence and like yeah. it felt very idealized in a very true, juvenile true. way. Um, yeah, but and that's, not really that's also kind of the point they want to make because you know it's these Ukrainian kids uh, who don't really want to go to college too. Like they're kind of stuck in this like limbo of. Uh, you know, it's just violent town, violent people, yeah. sexual people. I also didn't like uh, the, the lead's performance, to be honest. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just didn't mind it. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's not great. Bit of a letdown, yeah. Uh, to yeah. me, to me at least, because uh, I was hoping maybe I'd get something interesting. Love I mean, we stuff. watched this after Her Saison and Memories. So it was... like, we started off so strong, <laughs> and it just went down. Yeah. With, like, because we watched Forever Forever, and then we watched Invel. And then, like, it went just down and, and then yeah. a few disappointing episodes of the, the yeah. miniseries. The first few were good. But uh, next yeah. up, El Rapto. I'm about to do an interview with just we, we should wrap it up soon because I do have to finish the movie. I haven't finished the movie and prep the interview because oh, I'm interviewing the lead actor and director. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully my screen doesn't expire on me. Um, but yeah, uh, going to have an interview up, by the way, on, on my channel. Uh, should be out soon after this goes up hopefully um i don't i don't know <laughs> i don't know at this point i haven't seen the movie yet uh argentinian period piece though i've, I've seen like uh, 30 minutes of it about el rapto a, a kidnapping um looks to be quite political uh i'll have to finish it but uh so far looks looks kind of decent uh then the last fight movie sports movie uh, day of the fight uh one that you were quite uh anticipating um uh, what did you make of this one uh, I thought, you know, again, we're talking about sports movies because there have been so many sports movies. Uh, Day of the Fight is a bit of a generic one again, yeah. but they do develop the emotional uh, backstory of our main lead quite a bit, which again, you get a pass for me if you do something a bit more uh, than just the sports side of it. Uh, but it, the lead also gave me a lot of Tom Hardy from Warrior vibes. Like he wanted to copy that kind of attitude of him. So that's that's also why I was like, oh, he's not being that creative of it because he's doing something a hell of a lot like Tom Hardy in Warrior. Um, he also was like in some other movies, uh, this film festival. 
Um, so, oh, really? Yeah, I, yeah, uh, I believe so. In like one, like, or he looked a lot of like. Well, in, in oh my god, actor. he was in Black Flies. I saw him in Black Flies in in Cannes. Oh, you did? Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. Anymore. Um. Again, just very mid. I think you. I think you gave the same thing. Yeah, I think it's it's all right. It's totally passable. Uh, I feel like it. It's right in the middle of the three um fighting movies. Uh, yeah. fighting sports movies we got. It's solid. It's the day of the fight. He he hasn't been fighting for a while. He's back to fighting. He would had this has this legacy that's been tarnished by uh mistakes that he's made. He's trying to reconcile them, but can he reconcile them, or is he just like? That person forever, he's kind of reckoning with that, the legacy of his dad that he has kind of left on him now that now that um, he's barely there anymore. So like a lot of subjects where he go, goes on a journey to kind of go through different characters that he, he's left an impact on. And um, I, feel, I feel like that could be stronger uh, in a different movie, uh, but it's it's quite solid. The fighting's good. Um, solid film. Also, if you, if you expect a lot of show, Pesci don't. Like, uh, like, yeah, and he doesn't like do much because he's he's a senile old guy for most yeah. of it, and then the I other mean, he's like he's, he's like in a cap at one point. He's in like in a cap at one point, but like yeah. that's the it's yeah. not much um, for him. Yeah, no, not much. Uh, next up, another film that that you really wanted to see the latest Liam Neeson action thriller called In the Lands of Saint and Sinners. With Kerry Condon, who plays the villain. I'm the bad the... guy. Yes. <laughs> because she's from the IRA. Uh, she just blew up a bar. Some kids got... Uh, some kids died in the explosion. Uh, they set off. So they escaped to this little town. Where they caused a little bit of havoc. Especially her brother. Who gets... Uh, who meets Liam Neeson on his way. And uh, from there we get a little bit of the story. It's uh, Liam Neeson has done a lot of these movies over the years, these little action movies, because that's what he kind of wants to do before he cannot do it anymore. Yeah, but here he gets I to be Irish, you know. But he gets to be Irish. Uh, Kian is also in these movies. Uh, he's also in this movie. And the cop. What are you doing, man? I'm sorry, we, we're nearing the end, this, okay? This, this goes to show how long the recording has been. Uh, but it's, uh, again, it's, it's, uh, it hits that bar of the Liam Neeson action movie. It's a fun one to watch on a rainy day, uh, mm. in my opinion. Yeah. It doesn't offer that much. Going, going with, go in with um, managed expectations for the type of film it is, and you get something out of it. I feel like the third act was blown up to be just the third act and i i don't know if it needs to be where it, where it ends up but it obviously needs some kind of action didn't really vibe with that too much i would have liked something smaller maybe also i believe jack uh, gleason is fi uh, in this movie because he, he got back back to acting if you don't know who jack gleason is he plays the little shit shitty king in game of thrones mm. uh you know so he's one of the like, he's projected onto the head of one of the babies that gets blown up in the beginning yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no so. i don't actually remember wait where was it what part of it was he in i don't remember he, he played the hitman he played the other hitman who helped liam neeson that was him. Wait, you, didn't, what? you didn't know? I didn't recognize him. He looked so different. <laughs> Holy shit. Because he, he had a mustache? <laughs> yes. The disguises work, man. Superman <laughs> with his glasses and this guy with his mustache. I didn't want to <laughs> see him slapped by a little person. All right. Cool. Uh, next up, Stolen. Indian film. Didn't go in with any expectations. Usually, 
Indian films have to break through this, a certain barrier of like just cultural stuff um, that doesn't vibe as well with like my Western understanding of film. This one was really captivating um, and good. It was like, it had me surprised. There's like a bunch of really captivating sequences where there's like action in it in the best possible way of unbroken sequences. Uh, amazing. Uh, blew me away is- in the best way. Uh, because I I was surprised, and this movie is still, uh, like it doesn't have a poster or anything on it on Letterbox. It's it's still a mystery. It's one of the ones well, that only I only 140 seen. people uh, watched it, but only two. Yeah, there's not going to be a ton of people who actually end up seeing this, but uh, it's it's a bit of a gem. I, I quite liked it. Yeah, me too. Um, especially. Uh, the movie kind of starts off in this train station, so you're kind of thinking, oh, it's going to be like uh, a bit like Hokish, like it's going to be uh, a one environment uh, movie because someone's baby is missing and uh, one of the witnesses uh, is a guy who just arrived uh, in town for a wedding and his brother is picking him up so these two brothers and the, the mother go on a journey to find his baby um and it's really captivating like mm. like it, like especially uh the screenplay again because it is an escape thriller yeah and especially at the end they're making like some choices and twists yeah that really elevate this movie from being like a b-movie you know, like a generic B-movie to like something a bit more interesting, intriguing. Uh, yeah, really, really good Indian movie. Some really interesting cuts and drone shots mm. and one takes that like truly made this spe- something special, honestly, to yeah. watch. Especially in these lower budget movies, it's so hard yeah. to do a chase scene in a compelling way where like characters are talking to each other and you don't feel like, where's the logic? Where are the people behind them? Or like, stuff like that. This keeps me on the edge of my seat because I don't know what's going to happen next. And it stays within the logic of the universe it's setting up. And that's something that like a lot of uh, beginning filmmakers, when they do something that is based on some kind of momentum, they fail to capture that momentum. And it's done expertly in here. Uh, Really, really uh, had no expectations and uh, yeah. We were both we were both positively coming out of it like we were smiling coming. I was like, ah, that was really good, right? Like what? Yeah, that what was really fuck? good. Yeah, <laughs> because uh, like we were like, oh, this is the one movie. Like, because there were a lot of movies that we were like, we had to oh, see because it's it's part of the schedule that's going on, right? It's part of the schedule. Yeah. All right, let's see what this one is. And I think this was the biggest like honestly, surprise. This yeah. was the biggest surprise mm-hmm. of the film festival. Yeah. So stolen. Like I hope it gets to release somewhere. Yeah. Really go watch it. Yeah. We'll shout it out again when it when it does get a limited release only likely yeah, somewhere, somewhere or like on VOD. But then lastly, you saw a film that uh, I didn't end up catching, L'Homme d'Argile, The Dream. L'Homme d'Argile, a French movie. Yes. Uh, it's my number 15 of the film festival. Really? Oh my uh, God, that high? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's high, right? Yeah. And uh, I honestly really, really liked it because, uh, you know, it's this caretaker on like a rich uh, artist mentioned like he lives there with his mother he, and he's just kind of like doesn't have much of a life he takes care of the garden he plays the um oh what's it called uh what, what's that instrument called with the goat bagpipe oh bagpipe it's called bagpipe isn't it? <laughs> what's that instrument called where you blow into a bag <laughs> like with through a pipe <laughs> <laughs> He played the bagpipe, uh, and honestly, like it's 
it's honestly like a really kind of dreamy vibe movie. And then one day the artist shows up and, you know, he kind of inspires something in her. She kind of inspires something in him. Honestly, a really beautiful movie with a great performance from Raphael Thierry. Mm-hmm. I really liked him. I kind of want to shout him out as the best uh, actor. Yeah. Because he, he, he really was something truly beautiful. Uh, the Dreamer, go check it out. It's a cute French movie. Really vibey, dreamy, 90-minute movie. I honestly recommend it. Yeah. yeah. And that's the Horizonte extra section done. We didn't catch Phantom Youth. Patch Up Days and Felicita, uh, the last one actually got the Audience Award um, being the most oh, like, really? yeah, uh, but we missed that one. Haven't really heard much of it, but I guess the audience is. I heard off. something of Patch Up Days, but. Um, yeah, and I heard something about Phantom Youth. So hey, we got it all covered here. We heard some stuff, but we didn't end up. Seeing it's done. We all the movies we covered. Okay, so we do want to share some stories before we wrap this three hour long recording. I don't know if this will be split into uh, separate episodes i i don't know how what to do with this yet but uh we should get like an honorary award next time uh we go to venice yeah. for covering this many movies uh because i was initially planning to just say hey hitman yeah it was good L- richard Linklater, go check it out but we ended up talking more extensively than that i had planned with this because we i wanna, guess we, we, I guess we did to have to share some some stuff about it uh so yeah. yeah you got you got like a minute per per uh movie at least no you got like three minute Per movies, I can't do math anymore. I'm just like the Afghanis in Hollywood. <laughs> I was about to say that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, okay, so um, story time. We do have a couple of stories. There were some interesting things that happened. Mainly the drama around the boats in uh, the, on the morning that we went to see the killer, because uh, it was our first showing of the day, and the way we went about it, we had to get up uh, quite early because there was a 20-minute long bus ride with yeah, a like huge six... queue usually that you had to wait like a couple of cycles uh, for it. And, you know, on the day of the killer, new David Fincher movie, a lot of people get up early to get into that line to make it to the island in time. And we ended up getting on a boat that was not part of the main line of of boats that went to the festival uh but like an extra one that was going there uh but the issue was that like the main line was in delay and the weird way uh it works in venice is that if there's a a boat that has a delay that's supposed to go in first you have to wait for that to dock before you kind of overtake it in a way although we were way ahead so we ended up being stranded uh, on the Venetian waters for like 40 minutes. She's like dobbing in the waters, yeah. No, like, just like just stationary in the middle of the water. Yeah. I was like, at one point, I was like, just let me jump in the water so I can go see the killer, <laughs> man. Um, and we ended up being there late. Uh, they let a bunch of people in, including Kevin. Uh, he ran yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I walked there. We he, he was barely in front of me in the line, though. Um, no, nah, I, I, I was running. I, I like... Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they, they let people in one by one, not to disturb like the, the rest of the um already ongoing uh thing but i was like i don't want to miss this movie this is my most anticipated so i was just down went to the shops and uh you ended up seeing uh, again still haven't seen uh the opening parts of it which is quite repetitive it's setting up so like you didn't miss too much of it it's like nah, the perfect like, movie to, to like miss the first 10 15 minutes. but also like i went to that screening right and uh, i went into like the left line which like this the, the smallest line usually yeah and like one of the guys even like closed the door and i kind of shoved the yeah, door shoved. open again with my foot and i was, I was like so i want to get mad. into this killer screening man um so, so um, yeah i ended up and then, yeah, yeah you like you 
you saw those Italians screaming against the guy. Like, tell me more about that. Do you? You said uh, that was the funniest thing you seen. At oh the yeah, yeah. Festival. No, there was one person. <laughs> they were like all standing in line, right? They're obviously, the same distance. They they let people in one by one. You can't really cut the line anywhere. <laughs> But someone, a lady was like pushing up against another dude, although there was like space <laughs> behind them. There's no need to press. You, you're not you're not getting in earlier than anyone else. And like the, the guy just like turned around after they like bickered at each other a bunch. And he was like, you are just an unpleasant person to be around. You know that? It's like, I had to laugh and they looked at me both and I had to leave because I was like so uncomfortable because they were so angry. Um, so I left, got a bunch, uh, got, got some food, uh, uh, which we rarely got to do because it was so busy uh, during the festival with six movies a day and ended up snagging a uh, the later showing, which meant that I had to skip out on The Beast. That's why I missed it. Uh, it was all the fault of, um, I guess, the boats in, in Venice, which but we had smooth sailing after that. But uh, yeah, it was just... I mean, honestly, like, uh, like that boat was just like a bad apple in the bunch. Yeah, for me personally, because I oh I actually found it very fun to go on the boat, uh, in the morning, like even in the evening, because it, it's honestly kind of refreshing to just stay on top of the boat. You know, you got the wind, you got the beautiful night sky and the stars. So I was like, this is kind of like relaxing. Yeah. Also, maybe not always if you got like a whole bunch of people pressing against you, especially in the first half of the film festival when there were like a yes. lot of people. That's because, why I, I don't mean, like the, it at one all. One of the days, one of the days, right? Like we go there and there's like no queue and we were both looking at each other like yeah yeah this this, this is a prank because we were like what is this I, uh, I think yeah, I've like... been to Venice twice now at one point I think a couple of months before the next festival I I might be able to do like an overview for people who want to go I'll look up a bit for the student side uh, or like the public side as well uh, for the experience like for the people who don't work in, in press or industry. Um, like what theater is the best and like how how you get to to places because i think we navigated it pretty pretty well um yeah but it is a i mean confusing. we woke up at six we woke up at like six twenty six thirty uh had a little breakfast went out to the boat at like seven so we went out at seven yeah got to the boat at something after seven and the screening you started don't have the first boat yeah, if you don't have the first boat, you have the second boat. If you don't got the third boat, uh, second boat, you got the third boat. So we always arrive at like seven fifty or eighteen fifteen, like somewhere between that time uh, mark. We arrive yeah. at the cinema. You go in at eight thirty. Sometimes our screenings were like at nine. So uh, it was smooth sailing from that. But you you indeed have like your first movie. Then you have like fifteen minute thirty break minute break second movie then you have maybe like an hour break if you're lucky uh then yeah. it's the third movie fourth movie fifth movie sixth movie and we were always at home uh around midnight mostly past midnight and then you go into bed you sleep for like five hours and at then most you wake up at the next most day. five hours at most because that uh, like that means you sleep uh no no i guess it's around five hours yeah yeah, yeah it's so around five hours. Yeah. May, maybe six if you're lucky with like an early screen. I am terrible at falling asleep and not looking at my phone, even though I do need to sleep. So I, it was definitely less for me, but I managed. I managed with, uh, I mean, you you drank coffee for the first time ever, right? And then I drank coffee. Swiftly drink came yeah. addicted. <laughs> or are you still drinking I'm, it now? Or have you, have you no, I don't. Uh, like the, the film festival was like the one time I actually drank coffee because I was like, I, I need to stay awake. It's like I a vacation like smoker, but with coffee. 
Yeah. <laughs> like I drink Americano, cappuccino, espresso. Like I took They should add that on dating sites. You know, you can you can like add when you drink, when you smoke, and it's like on special <laughs> occasions and it's on special like occasions. drinking coffee. Film festival. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, we also walked out of a movie. For me it was the first time I walked out of a movie. I don't really like to do that. I like yeah. to give the movie a chance to you know to out one time, but this the Amor movie was like the most boring movie and of all time. And we stayed so long that we knew there was nothing that would add to nothing, it no. because it ended up repeating itself so much. Like we we stayed like an hour at least. Like I think we left. Like uh no, we spent like we spent more month. than an hour in there. I think it was like more. Yeah, I think like, so. Was... We we got a whole bunch of it. I rarely do it as well. I did it last year at, at one film in Venice. Um, but yeah, sometimes it just happens. Um, but I don't like then. I don't really like to talk about the film at least like uh, rating wise so that, because i haven't seen the whole thing so that's why no yeah we both tend to stay but you got also film. you got also one more experience <laughs> to share <laughs> yeah uh, so the, the movie i liked the least an uh, endless sunday i did leave a review uh early on which i guess was one of the more popular ones because it only has 373 ratings and it had even less when this came out but i i just simply wrote uh like not nothing big of it. I just wrote cinematic personification of piece of of a piece of shit is essentially what I think Endless Sunday is. And uh, <laughs> the director did comment. Uh, he has since deleted his comment, but he basically like explained it. Uh, why I don't I don't know what he did. I, I honestly I don't know what he did. Uh, no, I I think I think he wrote something like oh, but that's like that's the, thing the point that I wanted to convey. That's the point. Like, do you remember that one scene in the movie? Like, that's that's why I wanted to convey. Oh yeah, where, where the guy kills and, a and frog. That's the one point. Yeah, where he goes like, to oh, yeah, stand on the frog. And... Point. I was like, yeah, you conveyed plenty that this guy is a piece of shit, yeah. and I did get that. Doesn't mean your movie is good just because you conveyed someone is a piece of shit. And yeah. he ended it with a kiss emoji, and it was like, okay, this is this is petty as fuck. Yeah. Um. And uh, but he won a prize. He, he won a prize, somehow. which was perplexing. And uh, it was like, all oh, all the best to the guy. I hope he makes a movie that I like more. Maybe I also am blessed, and I don't have to ever see a movie of his again. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that was that. I found it just really funny. Uh, he has deleted it, so you can't find it anymore. But I think I posted it at one point on my Instagram. But I'm I'm not gonna showcase it more. But it's just like it's a funny little mm-hmm. anecdote when you know you interact with someone who's the filmmaker, but not in a positive way. <laughs> it really rarely happens because I tend to not really shit on stuff unless I really feel like it and I'm confident in it. I, and I'm I, I, I think it's it. justified. I think it's justified. <laughs> what did he did he wrote a comment or did did I no, no 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 that that like the yeah, the whole situation. I think it's justified that uh, he deleted his comment, and you're you that you feel that way towards the movie. I think it's just. I, I think it is a bit unprofessional for him to feel like he he <laughs> created the account and then went to look up the reactions and then was obviously a bit disappointed, which I feel for him. I'm sorry, but it's just like I I I really didn't like the film. I don't, I don't know. I think he even deleted his account. No, oh, okay. Well, yeah, he deleted his account. So, anyways, well, all the best to the guy. I think he's but um, probably just uh, saw that and was like, oh, probably yeah, for the that. best. Probably for the best, not the great for the marketing and especially for an award-winning director now, uh, which is great. 
Uh, anyways, well, that, yeah, yeah, it was an honor. It was a true honor to watch to go through the experience of Venice yeah. with you. Oh, and, thank you. Uh, you know, because we he did say before me like, oh, I my goal was my record was like forty movies at the film festival last year. Yeah, we watched fifty six, including the miniseries. We could have watched more if we didn't decide to watch the miniseries. But uh, this is pretty my, much the cap I ha I have. I don't know if yeah. I ever get to above fifty five. It's fucking crazy. Especially like, you know, I can go to other film festivals like in Zurich and I think I covered at 1.60 something. I did Sundance once and it was over 60, but that was in person. But if you are physically in a theater, uh, you have no way of distracting yourself, of getting energy in between. Like it is, it is, uh, <laughs> it is an endeavor. And uh, I couldn't have done it without you. It was really giving each other energy throughout and we ended up seeing by the nature of how Venice works, uh, a lot of the same stuff. You can't really split up as much as we are in Cannes. So uh, hopefully you will join us in, in uh, upcoming festivals. We don't know yet which ones that will be because also it's up in the air with Lachlan. Uh, we had a discussion about that. What he'll be, he'll be joining us alongside. He will at least do one of the ones that are uh, <laughs> international here, one of the big ones. I don't know if it's going to be Cannes, Venice, Tiff. Um, but we'll be back with Sundance at least, hopefully virtually. And I will be covering the Zurich Film Festival. We'll send um, the Belgium-based Kevin here over to Ghent for that festival. Uh, we'll have a recap that we did last year as well. So at least a new um, Ryazuki uh, Hamaguchi film. We'll be playing there. We'll be talking about that. Uh, but in the meantime... And the boy in the heaven. <laughs> uh, no, no, well, cut that. I don't want that in there because it's it's painful. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think... Cause we don't boy in the heaven is anything. It's going to be vain. I don't think, I don't think it's coming to Zurich. <laughs> uh, there's, there's no... Uh, I think the, the, they're going to announce it soon, um, but they haven't yet. So I'm just hoping it comes to Zurich or a, a place near me because I'm a huge Hayao Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli fan. But... Uh, in the meantime, out in theaters on September 15th, you can go check out A Haunting in Venice. Now that you've seen this hauntingly long episode about the Venice Film Festival, you can go check out <laughs> Kenneth, Kenneth Rana's latest uh, here. Then Dumb Money uh, is out in limited release then wide September 29th. It just premiered in TIFF. I'm still under embargo. I've seen this film. Uh, like I, I, I'm not allowed to say that, I think. Uh, I, I, I think I've seen it. I've, I've seen it. That's all I'll say. Uh, and I, <laughs> I still can't say stuff about it, which is annoying. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know when the embargo is, is up for me, although the movie has not premiered at the festival and I've seen it, it's annoying. Uh, but Cassandra, Cassandro, Cassandro, uh, played earlier this year in Sundance. Now it's on a limited release before it hits Amazon Prime in a couple of weeks. A Million Miles Away, uh, a prime video uh, film about a Mexican space True story, uplifting. That's all I wrote down for this one. Um, Michael Peña is in it. Uh, and El Conde, uh, the film we caught in Venice, is coming to Netflix uh, this week. So, or oh, the week after. I don't know. It's been a long week. I think it's this week. It's I think been it's this a long week. day, man. Uh, this week. But that brings us to the end of today's a very long show, man. I thought we we're going to go long for like two hours. <laughs> so, no. this is crazy. Uh, we're, we're delivering for the viewers. For you guys. I, don't, I don't know if anyone's going to watch this. Like, who watches it? For, anyway, uh, Kevin, where can people find more from you? Uh, you can find me on Letterboxd, uh, on Foodie Films, I think my name is, or Kevin Films. You can catch me yeah, on Kevin Twitter, Films, yeah. uh, Instagram, whatever. 
yeah, thank you we'll be, for listening. We'll be linked below. Thank you, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for leaving a comment of what your most anticipated film uh, coming out of this festival is, and maybe let us know if you watched all the way to this. Uh, what a festival is that you would? What what what's the, like your dream festival that you would love to attend? Uh, but that's all I have to say. Uh, next week we'll be back with Lachlan. Uh, and we'll be chatting about a whole bunch of stuff that has released on VOD and in theaters since uh, our two-week-long break that we've had now. But, um, yeah, thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll, we'll catch you at the next festival. Come say hi. We are mostly, mostly nice guys. On the, on, on, well, unless you ask certain directors, then we're, we're dickheads and we don't get his movies. But other than that, we're pretty nice. So goodbye. <laughs> I kind of copied you at the end. <laughs> I, well, I can't see it. So it's like... <laughs>